Everybody, welcome to another episode of the Break the Rules stream. I am your humble, extremely humble host, Lev Polyakov at Levpo on Twitter. And once again, before we begin, give us a like, give us a subscription, of course, share this with all the people you know, because we really do have to get the word out with the amazing individuals we have here uh, for you today. Of course, we got the Sultan of Swing himself, Giovanni Panacchetti, coming at you live. We got Average Centrist at Centrist Average on Twitter and Geo Giant Geo on Twitter. Don't forget that. And we have our guests of honor today, Alex Kashuda, coming back with us once again. The great Alex Kashuda uh, back from uh, the mission. I'm not really sure what else to call it. The mission of the birthing person. I think that's an adequate, adequate description for that. And we have, for the first time, Mary Harrington of uh, Unheard fame, uh, an amazing writer. It's a great pleasure to have both of you here. And let's just get started right now. Let's start with uh, just the backdrop, just uh, how Mary Harrington came to be who Mary Harrington is, as well as uh, your beautiful chickens. And also, I love that Pokemon-like bird avatar that you have as well. So I would love to find out what that is all about. Let's get started. Um... um I, I don't know. I mean, my whole my whole life story is a not very interesting, and B takes a long time to tell. So, um, I, I don't know if you want to be any more specific. Uh, why don't we start with the Pokemon-like bird avatar? Yes. Um, that 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 has a very very straightforward backstory. In that when I when I started out on like my my more recent incarnation on Twitter, which has kind of morphed into Mary Harrington as currently is, um, I started out anon, and the and I I created my account with the sole express intention of taking the piss out of the Remain campaign in 2000, late 2015, because they were just so ridiculous. Um, so, and I, I don't know, I just got bored of taking the piss out of the Remain campaign after not actually not very long because it's just too easy. And besides like, and people, people took it, people took my, uh, yeah, I, it was too easy to do it. So I got bored of doing that and started tweeting about other stuff as well. And then, you know, sometime fast forward a little way. Um, I think my first ever reply guy, um, I shouldn't call him that. He's a very, very nice guy. He's at David Awfulbot on Twitter. Nice guy. Uh, give him a follow. Um, he, I, <laughs> I said, I, 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 I stuck the bird avatar on there just because I needed something. Um, and then, and then I happened to let slip on one day that I wore spectacles. So he took it and photoshopped a pair of spectacles on. And I was like, yeah, that's me. Oh my God. So, so now, now it's me. Now it's just me. I mean, it's kind of accurate, you know, a bird with specs on. And the, that is literally just me. And Lisa Bode mentioned if it's Pidgey. It does look a lot like Pidgey so much that I use this uh, screenshot from Pokemon uh, instead of Pidgey <laughs> putting in your avatar. Oh, Wild Mary oh, Harrington appeared. I don't know. Have you ever played right. Pokemon? I know that this is not technically your uh, your specific generation, but I am curious. Have you ever delved into the Pokemon world? I, I have not. Um, I, I'm many things, but I'm not really a gamer. And although I kind of I, I know the general idea, I've never played Pokemon, so I, I can't really I can't really comment on that. Mm. But I, I'm glad that it resonates with with people on a subject that I know absolutely nothing about. Well, maybe this is going to change today. We'll see. But uh, speaking <laughs> sp well, speaking of gamers, the uh, conference that you were attending and uh, I believe you were also speaking at, it had people that you would describe as being uh, conservative ink with a C as well as conservative ink with a K. Would you also classify classify the uh, gamer <laughs> culture with their gamer words and other gamer-related things within that particular category of the right? And I would love to hear from uh, Alex as well uh, regarding that. 
I mean, my, my sense is that the biggest, I was arguing about this actually yesterday with a friend um, uh, smoking behind the bike sheds on Twitter, as you do. Um, um, it, I, I think the biggest cleavage that's coming on the right is not, it's not the one which is currently being fought um, you know, over whether or not to ally with anti-woke liberals, which is what all the all the sensible grown-ups are fighting about. You know, do we do we actually want to hang out with people like Dave Rubin, or is that just a you know, or or have they got like liberal cooties? Um, so so that that's what all the grown-ups are quarrelling about. But in my opinion, that's that in ten years' time, it's just not going to be like that at all, um, because the biggest cleavage is generational, and it's it's the internet, just like the the, the cognitive gap between people who grew up with the internet and, the, and people who grew up without the internet is so immense, and it's only going to get more immense as um, the number of people who wield actual power who don't remember the before times gets larger and larger, and the number of people who remember the before times gets smaller and smaller. So in 10 years' time, the right is going to look completely different. And all those people are mental. They're fucking mental. I mean, I say that with great affection. You know, some of my best friends are mental. But, um, you know, it's, it's, going to be, it's going to be a wild ride. Mm. And uh, Alex, a- yeah, <laughs> what Alex. are your thoughts? I'm going <laughs> to... My thoughts. Um, I I agree with Mary. I think it's generational. Um, I also think, you know, these two conflicts kind of overlap a little bit. Um, I think because it's generational, people on the internet understand how the information uh, marketplace works much better than your, you know, fusionist boomer con uncle who still thinks that, you know, we need to, you know, grip onto the constitution and, and hold on tight. And, you know, maybe if we get an, another Supreme Court justice or, you know, maybe uh, next time we'll vote them out, that type of thinking I think is uh, is kind of uh, passe on uh, in the internet and, and on, the, on the new right with a K, I think. I think that's the one, um, and the the gamer the gamer words right. So um, that felt oh, to me oh. also like in in your, in your article, um, Mary, that that was kind of the the main tension that there was this impatient new generation that just didn't didn't have time for uh, the illusions of uh, of the old guard. So I think that's that's a big cleavage. <laughs> and this is the article right here uh, from Unheard, oh, that one. the yeah. American Right Civil one. War. So there well, we this are. This came up with Alex's Lomez interview, which I like. But I, I th- can tell you recorded that like a month ago because you were talking about the fucking box <laughs> when a certain someone had a meltdown. By the way, Peter Thiel has basically dumped a truckload of money on Lev. Not mine, but Lev's <laughs> doorstep for some reason. I don't know. To do this interview. Um. No, I just make a lot of money now with the uh, crypto cards that I do with the NFTs. Hashtag invest in love. There's going to be another really amazing one coming up. So go to superrare.com slash left Polyakov. This is my mysterious buyer who happens to be Peter Thiel. This is my NFT, NFT shilling of the day. But uh, anyway, Um, one of the things. Mary, yeah. uh... Oh, sorry, Lev, did I cut you off? Uh, I wanted to ask Mary this following question, uh, but uh, get those gears running for your question right afterwards. So the question I want to ask Mary is this. One of the things that you were writing about in that article is how there was still a focus on making sure the worst doesn't happen. And by worst, we would define an authoritarian regime. And for you, it's new. For everybody else, it's not new. My particular feelings on not wanting there to be a repeat of the USSR within Russia whether it's from the left or the right. So what I try to minimize as much as possible going into, you know, the worst case scenario is having a top-down autocratic rule, which I do think a lot of people on the reactionary right are very favorable uh, towards. So I'm curious what your thoughts are on that, what you've observed at the conference as far as having this balance between 
a certain energy that people can feel that would guide them towards making better decisions in their lives, which you could say is a form of authority, but not the kind of authority where, let's say, some rich kid who happens to be connected with the leader wants to, uh, I don't know, purchase, no, not even purchase, wants to just acquire a company, and so they're just given that company, you know, with full corruption. So that's not what I want. You get a bigger, you get a better idea of what I don't want, but now I would love to hear from you. Um, I mean, it's, it, at the end of the day, it's not up to me. Uh, so, you know, how, how all of this plays out. Um, but one of the things I found interesting, one of, again, you know, one of the sort of cross current, this conference that I noticed didn't really have, have space in my, in my review to dig into, um, like Hungary, the, the Hungarians were there in force. Um, they're on a real soft power push at the moment, not unreasonably, they're looking for friends. You know whether it's in the U.S. or you know across the West, you know, friend, conservative friends um, who can who can you know who they can either offer sucker to. I think their their fairly explicit strategy is to execute a kind of uh, reverse brain drain of cancelled academic out to the universities in Budapest. Uh, conservatives one one of the most acute and ferociously ferociously contested beefs. Um, you know, among the quote-unquote post The uh, signal is fading out a little right bit. at the moment. No. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. I, just to explain for everybody else, I'm actually driving at the moment because I, I have to be. So I apologise no if, if, the, if the mobile reception in, Cambridge, in Cambridgeshire is a little bit sketchy here and there. Um, so, so just to back up a little bit, one of the, one of the most acute and intensely contested beefs on the post-liberal right at the moment is whether or not whether or not the Hungarian model or something something akin to the Hungarian model is even workable in as big a, as big and as sort of liberty uh, loving a polity as the United States or indeed I suppose Canada I believe some of you here are in Canada um, I'm in Canada unfortunately <laughs> yeah no yeah I'm, I'm very sorry to hear that um, <laughs> oh god well, yeah. well I guess so, it's, yeah and and I think um, you know that this is this is a, it's just a live question. You know, a, a, a good friend of mine, Samantha Matra, I think is is putting is putting together the research for for a book that will that looks at this in a great deal more depth, which I think will be very interesting. And I very much hope he writes it um, because um, it's all very well to sort of point at Hungary and say, well, look, those guys are doing it over there. But Hungary is a small country. It's relatively homogenous in cultural terms. You know, it's got a fairly a fairly robust. Um, yeah, it's, it's a fairly coherent and homogenous polity, um, and it has a population of about the same size. The, the entire population of Hungary, I believe, is about the same as London, um, and yeah. considerably less diverse. And you can you can roll out a kind of a, a, a top-down um, sort of reactionary conservatism with the full consent of the people in a polity of that scale. But how workable is it in a country as big and diverse as the United mm. States? Um, I'm, I'm I'm not sure. I mean, I'm I. I don't. I don't see it working. Perhaps the, I'm. Perhaps I'm. You know. There, but then there are others who say, well, you know, let's not be defeatist, and you know, let's not be bounded by the the lame, um, wispy, old school limits of the political. Hmm. Well, there is another uh, side to this whole thing, which is, I'm not. Oh. Hey, maybe we can have a, a sort of rephrase wildly here, but you know, I'm convinced that that's something I would want. Well, that's what. That's what I or anybody would want. And and I think if you're going to roll down a top down a top down empire, whether it's reactionary or or you know, 
woke liberal or whatever without the consent of the people then without at least the passive assent of the people then you're in you're in territory which is certainly not one that i would want to support well, the consent yeah. of the people, that's a, that's a difficult one, because you could have some uh, Legend of the Galactic Hero, sorry, another anime reference, leader come in with golden blonde hair, and they would be very charismatic and a very good leader, too. At least the, in the anime, he was a really good uh, Reinhardt. But then he could have a son, they could have a son who can uh, be just like a real ass, and consent or not consent of the people, now you've done away with any checks to power that would exist. Sure, you could say, well, what checks today? But I think... The whole thing with Kenosha still proves to me that there are certain checks in place. So again, for all the people who were blackpilled about it, wouldn't that be an example of something like that being, uh, you know, still being in effect? You know, for all the problems Alex, our country has. Alex, I'm going to bat this one over to you because I've I've been I've been tracking something else for the last couple of days. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was reading comments. <laughs> I'm I'm terrible. Sorry, I, I wasn't trying to question. No, no problem at all. I'll I'll uh, repeat it. So rephrase a little bit. Yes. I kind of knew where it was coming. I didn't I didn't hear the you know the uptick. So so is it, it, it yeah. isn't the summary version? You know, so so you could have a really charismatic leader, but what if his son sucks? Yes, um, that is the, the consent of the governed. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, the, the the question of hereditary monarchy. Hmm. Uh, is it better than, than what we have? Um, uh, they, they always worked, though, I gotta admit. Yeah, it, in a way, it is just because of the incentive structure. You know, even if the sun's, you know, retarded, I'm sorry to say, <laughs> they <they've laughs> often are, um, the incentive structure of everyone around them and the, the buy-in in, you know, the, the actual uh, infrastructure of the state is, is much larger, and the transparency of who's in charge is much larger, which is a very important element. Like, at the moment, we do not know who is in charge. I mean, we know who's in charge, you know, the, the presidents, but they're not really in charge. They're, there's like a 17,000... demon goblins. That's who's in charge. Isn't that like kind of the same case with kings, though, and stuff like that? Isn't there always people behind the scenes like trying to influence and like taking control of different institutions and stuff like that? Like the, the king yeah, can somewhat be a puppet as well, right? Isn't that like a... Of course, but it, I mean... Compare um, a king's entourage, because you know he he has a coterie of people around him. Obviously, his consigliere, and you know it's kind of like this mafia structure. Uh, it's still kind of insular. It's cellular. It's got you know there's a lot of people around him, but it's not this you know completely opaque you know seventeen thousand layered bu bureaucracy mm. that's based yeah. on the idea of politics without politics, because everyone's an expert, and we don't really need your consent to govern you because there's expertise to govern you instead, so you know you have this this invisible system compared to something that is still very political, like a monar a monarchy is a very political element you know there is someone at the top, and even if there's shadowy creatures around him uh once he's gone the other guy comes with his own shadowy creatures because they don't share them. You know, there's, there's different things. So everyone, there is a thing to tear down and a thing to look at. So I think that's, obviously this is not perfect. <laughs> you know, monarchy is yeah. not perfect. Well, it's like I responded to, um, who's that guy does the, he's like Hakan on Twitter, the other guy. Um, the Nemitz, Nemitz. Guy? yeah. I, I, I never follow him. Guy. <laughs> I don't know, he's got, Anyways, not to catch it, but like I, I responded to him. He asked, uh, what if like the Caesarism could come from the left? And I said that the problem is that the, the sort of, let's call it global left, 
in the West, at least, doesn't conceive of power in the same way that the right does, where the right, it's very much like the great man theory of history. Um, I mean, there's some like more postmodern versions of the right wing that are more accustomed to other forms of power. But by and large, it still is sort of like a let's call it an aesthetic and spiritual attachment to a Caesarism of sorts. But the left wing, they they won't produce, I think, a Caesar figure because their conception of power is very much structural and it's very much in line with the managerial state. And it's got a different, um, it has a different sort of comportment. Like their, like power is much more diffused in there. Well, would, uh, would somebody like Mussolini so. be considered to be in that case left or right when it comes to the managerial state apparatus of uh, well, Italy? obviously right wing because ultimately the state as conceived by fascism is different than uh, even the state conceived of, uh, well, I mean, Stalinism is kind of a tricky thing, but well, how would it work? Uh, yeah. How would it work differently? A fascist uh, state as opposed to the uh, corporatized uh, neoliberal well, state? There, there still is a sort of cohesion of um, society as a whole becomes a form of expressionism. Like any political action becomes very similar to the way a Caesar would almost in a act of. Uh, creation sort of conceive of certain actions uh it's very different than like having a managerial state which like like alex was saying has experts and has sort of various layers and sedimentary um plateaus of of rule and so Mm. forth well then take something like mao's china for example mao had advisors but the advisors were too scared to tell mao certain things they kind of let him call the shots and they were asking ass kissing him would that be an example of uh something closer to mussolini or something closer to a neoliberal regime well i think the point of maoism was to structure society in such a way as to lead to those revolutionary outcomes whereas at the end of the day we all know that like mao was calling the shots and all and blah, blah blah but like i think that well regardless of, regardless of themselves would say that if i can just jump in sure go for it go for it I, I want. I actually want to recommend a book. Um, it's one of the most cursed things I've read in a very long time, but I also highly recommend it because it's the most mask-off um, account of the the emerging left, if you like, the technocratic, the the technophilic left um, that I've come across yet. It's Revenge of the Real by Benjamin Bratton. Um, published oh God, Mercer books no. this year. Oh, um, oh. And, and I, <laughs> I, I had... <laughs> well, well, indeed. Yeah, but read I this book instead. Yeah. Where no, no, are no, we I'm... now by Giorgio Gaman? Fuck I, Brett. No, sorry, sorry. No, mask no, 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 Relax. No, I, yeah. I, 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 I completely, I, I, could, I, could, I couldn't agree more, but it's, de- oh. like, it's, it's one of the most, one of the most horrifying things I've read in a long time, but it's also yeah, very, right. very, it very is, clear. Is, yeah. You know, and, as, and if, there's, should, if there's one right. thing that ought to distinguish us from, <laughs> from those, those with whom we disagree is that we at least do our, our enemies the courtesy of reading them and understanding oh, what, how they think. So, you know, I'm, I'm probably sorry. probably is a but, good yeah. read, though. It is, you know, Can you give us, yeah. like, a little it's... summary of, like, what they're trying to propose uh, in this book? I mean, well, <laughs> is it too complicated for that? Do you want to take this one? See Me? if you can do a Too Long Didn't Read. Go for it. Okay, basically, he, he's responding to Agamben's posting about the uh, global pestilence, and he says that... Oh, I can't even... It's basically, like, a very convoluted theory cell way of supporting the like expert driven managerial state because essentially like he's like well left wingers and liberals have to like abandon their attachment to irrationalism that came from like french post-structuralists therefore we have to um 
like embrace some form of like i don't know paleo progressivism where the sort of like eugenics well i wouldn't want to say eugenics that's even that's too charitable um uh no it's, it's i mean basically yeah. he's saying we need to abolish the human soul and just see ourselves as kind of yeah. bodies operated by well, bodies yeah. operated by ai that's kind of that's probably the best kind of succinct summary oh, yeah. i can give well i can oh, say fuck man. that pretty, yeah. pretty yeah. concisely <laughs> that, that, that we need to abolish all human interiority and and, yeah. and see ourselves as as units in a great swarm well, his ar- you know ma- ma- his argument by is, algorithm yeah his argument is that because of the global pestilence i mean he the kayfabe of it you know uh he says that because we're so attached on now a like biomedical level that therefore like any sort of um viewing like the human organism as a unique and self-contained entity is like no longer part of like i don't know the progressive like global liberal project so therefore we have to like embody the view that we are just like machines in a huge machine and uh our our sort of sense of self will become totally territorialized into a greater whole because it's necessitated because you know we have to uh, deny death as much as possible. It's like very, and, and mus- very ghoulish. Masking toddlers is an act of love. Yeah, exactly. Oh, wow. exactly. It's sort of like <laughs> the care and empathy aspect. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, I think yeah, yeah, that's, that's, now, I think right that's like the weapon that they, they use mm. because I think like when you sort of got these pious notions of like empathy and humanita- humanitarianism and so forth, it's all bullshit at the end of the day because you're sort of co- decoupling it from things that were very fundamental to the human self for such a long time that now you have sort of like a, let's call it UN Charter of Human Rights and Freedoms, like bullshit, um, like a groundless form Mm. of that humanism. Therefore you could justify anything, any sort of like Mm. post-humanist delusion can come down the pipe because that is like the res extensa of human autonomy. But now it's like, well, you know, human autonomy is good for this part, but um, when it comes to le- the legitimacy of the human self in toto, that has to be destroyed because that is like impeding us from, I don't know, wh- like what does Breton even want? Does he want some kind of like transhumanist future, I guess? Yeah. Is that, I well, don't know. Well, what, what he wants- This brave new world, apparently. What he wants <laughs> is uh, Toto from, uh, 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 from uh, the uh, Wizard of Oz swallowing, like voaring up uh, people, Boring. so that, yeah, oh, so that the human soul would be in Toto, like you said. It's funny the Gita predicted all of this when when a Krisht, when a Krishna Krisht. was was swallowing all of the warriors on the other side of the family. It's like that. It's like when you sort of reveal that form, like when Arjuna, right? Like I become death to destroy worlds. That's that was a sort of um, a tale about the uh, the sort of the the global picture the the world picture of that particular civilization right yeah so now it's like now they have to be sort of the uh on the one end it's this really weird inversion where in order to preserve life you have to embrace an existence of death itself in order to conquer death you have to create a sort of doubling a sort of supplicant of death in this world by destroying what we know is like give sort of like a they have to destroy our own sort of modes of authenticity, which give us life in order to free us from the shadow of death. If I can, uh, really fucking crazy. If and I can uh, be abominable, a, if but, I can be a know. champion for a second, if I could for a second champion human rights, which I know has uh, not had the best reputation as of late on these streams, but if I were to champion it for <laughs> a little bit, 
Look at what happened with the uh, Kyle uh, Rittenhouse case. I bet a lot of people were thinking, you know, it's going to just, uh, you know, just going to be blackpilling us again. The system doesn't work, you know, enough of this charade. Yet this was an example of there being some opposition that was able to make itself known and was able to sway uh, people. I don't know, Alex, well, Alex what do you think? You go ahead. Oh, no, I was just waving at the person who was, uh, like, said hello. And oh, yeah. <laughs> a bootloader civilization. What? A bootloader species. So, okay, yeah, it's like the typical, like, axe head fucking delusion, in my opinion, is that <laughs> it's like, well, you know, we're a stepping stone towards something. Well, Alex, you know this. I mean, you were a rat for a long... Not a rat. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you're a rationalist for a long time. So you... I think you're acquainted with, like, the less wrong uh, obelisk, like we are the ultimate stepping stone towards something else, right? And that that creation will spawn its own creation and then... Wait, wait, well, what does the stepping stone have to do with the Kyle Rittenhouse verdict? Oh, no, I was just... That was from the previous one. Oh, okay. Well, with yeah, the Kyle that... Rittenhouse verdict, I am curious what you guys think of that because that does, in a way, disprove... Okay, it doesn't fully disprove, but at least it gives a little bit of a shining light towards certain aspects of the system still working as much as people want to get rid of it. Yeah, I mean if if you look at all the layers to it, I mean the fact that it even went to court is a is completely outrageous, you know, compared yeah. to any other <laughs> crime that's happening, you know, as we speak <laughs> in many places yeah. and across western Europe and the and the US. Um that's crazy. I mean, it was a jury trial, you know, you can you can move these um you can influence these with all your of your higher power, and they tried. You know, if you'd look sure. at the media, they tried like, and they failed. And I think that's an important lesson. Well, even the lesson. Tucker interview, like Rittenhouse, he didn't even know like they made it a race thing. To him, he was like, "What are you talking about?" Like, it, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. I mean, he was in prison for like eighty days or some shit, yeah. like jail. I mean, yeah. I think if he <laughs> if he didn't fire Lynn Wood, he would have been fucked in my opinion because that guy's oh, yeah. crazy. Like, yeah, hundred percent. Mm -hmm. oh, but with uh, but with something like this uh, working out in the favor of people who uh, are uh, defending the right to arm yourself, I think this is going to have the effect of more people being confident enough to protect their property and having a bit of a backlash on people who uh, try to. No, Lab, it's going to make us right wing uh, terrorists. We're going to go and hunt down every <laughs> by POC with uh, pronouns in their bio. Now yeah. that's going to embolden us. Yeah. To <laughs> Any, anyway, that, that made me feel a little bit more confident here when it comes to my uh, defense of the current system. But my pro not Well, not current system, but defense of the skeleton of the system as opposed to tear tearing the skeleton apart. But when it comes to what we were talking about earlier, this um, hereditary thing with uh, the uh, uh, consent of the governed, my issue there is how do you define consent of the governed? How many people does it take to define that? And that makes me think of something like democracy, where it becomes the tyranny of the majority who consent to be governed in a particular way. Bluntly, I, I can give you a very simple heuristic for whether or not the people are at least passively on your side. Other normie mums going along with it. Mm, there you go. There's a, there's a very, very basic metric for you. Hmm. Yeah. Do, you, do you have at least the passive ascent of normie months to well, whatever your system all right, is? Because right. if you don't, then you're screwed. Okay, so this is going to go into the territory of Godwin's Law, but uh, I think you know what I'm going <laughs> to say here. How many normie mums fill in the blank when it came I, to... Uh, <laughs> do you, I, I honestly don't know, but you know, it's clearly, clearly enough of them for some time. Yeah, so that doesn't that doesn't make things bode that well for uh, well. 
I know that you're not saying normie wa- moms to indicate that it's a uh, consent of the governed that ends up working out in the best case scenario here. But my only point is, how do we make the kind of consent of the governed that prevents something like a uh, fascist state or a Nazi Germany from rising up where, yes, you are going to have some people who are going to, at least in the short term, get some kind of satisfaction from this. But if we do believe in good and evil then there are certain things that we know that we uh, have to avoid. And it's not this warped, inverted definition of good and evil like a lot of progressives are uh, spouting. But I mean, actually, you know, not uh, doing the things that were done during the uh, early, mid-20th century. I think that's a reasonable enough uh, thing to ask for. I don't know the answer to that. Um, you know, I mean, I, I thought I was answering a straightforward question about legitimacy between, you know, the people, if you like, the rule, the ruled and the rulers. You know, from that point of view, I think you can you can use normie, mum, normie mums as a fairly straightforward mm. heuristic in terms of some sort of some more objective scale of moral value. I don't know the answer to that. Um, I think mm. many more intelligent people than me have tried framing constitutions and I probably refer you back to them. You know, you're right. I don't know the answer to that either, but that is well, the thing that we keep on. That's the wall that we keep on uh, bumping on because for all right. the normie moms that are out there, you're still going to have enough people in certain historical yeah, circumstances I, that are going to suffer tremendously from a certain system. Yeah, I, th- I think the, the, the difference there is um, is kind of the, the question of, you know, what what is the, the face of the regime and what is the regime actually? You know, what right. what is happening behind the curtain? Because you could say, OK, you know, we want liberalism because everything else is, is too is too scary. You know, you have fascism on the one side, you have communism on the other side. All the other variants have been tried. I, I doubt that. But, you know, that's what people say. Uh, and then liberalism is the, the happy middle. But the problem is that liberalism itself isn't really liberalism. It decays into the form of what we have now, which is quite, um, uh, there is a, there is an ideology, it's baked into the system, it does not see itself, it doesn't, you know, understand itself to be an ideology, either religious or not, uh, and it rules, and it rules with an iron fist and in accelerating fashion, like these things are accelerating, yeah. that's why we're here, you know, this is, you know, that's why I have my podcast, that's what we talk about every time, uh, and it's not because everything's super, you know, liberal in the sense of, you know, that, you know, maybe in the dreams of John Stuart Mill, he, he had an idea, it's that there are uh, secondary effects, there are externalities to liberalism the way it's going and it's it's fucked up and it doesn't work it doesn't work that way well, you know, even work out this is what i tell like i mean i'm i'm on the fence of this when it talk when you're talking about specifically like the white mom demographic they seem to be like the uh either the shelling point of ire or consent of any system because the way that society has been structured for the past hundred years. I mean, what do you want to call it? I mean, I guess the manosphere will call it gynocentric, but it seems that either they're like total, like, you know, race traders or they're like, uh, not like liberal enough. And therefore every vote, every time, like, you know, they voted for Trump and it's like, that's even like in this, uh, what was that one tweet that went viral before the Rittenhouse trial? Um, White moms will do anything to protect their white sons. I go, oh, I wonder why, right? Like it's yeah. so. But my point being is that when it comes to, um, I, well, I ask this for both you and and Mary because Mary, um, reading your articles and and watch and listening to you, um, I know like a bit of your backstory, like starting off being very much like Gen X, uh, British feminism, which is a very much an active sort of like a grassroots active like working class feminism and uh it, it's puzzling you're one of your recent pieces where you talk about um 
the sucks revolution but you start off talking about your relationship to the political right which is kind of interesting how um at least even like a few years ago this would be like and there's still people still you know this wouldn't be tolerated right like uh. to have women in such spaces like especially women who have like you know quote unquote sus backgrounds but i wonder like what do you think about having been in more like right like both of you actually having been in like more right-wing spaces there is like always the hermeneutics of suspicion there's always like you're a fed you're a thirst trap you're an e-girl you're yeah. gonna alex right here is trying to have an army of sims i mean especially with that her, with that bird know. avatar for all the furries yeah. out there for <laughs> yeah. all the the avian furries you know yeah, like you're trying to grift some kind of mommy GF right wing, like alt right 1.1 Lauren Southern demographic. I don't know, whatever. Um, but it it seems like as time goes on, there is like a lot of disenfranchised rad femmes who are more comfortable, even though like they totally like every single day you hear like the arguments, and it's like especially our good friend that one person on Twitter, which I want to get her on the show one day. I got to beg her to come on the show. Uh, I'm talking about Radfem Hitler. Um, so it's like, it's very interesting the times we're living in. But what do you think when it comes to the fact that women do hold a disproportionate amount of political, um, certainly consent or ability to consent to certain political projects? What do you think of like sort of the overt like um, masculinist impulse of the right? Mm. Uh, and and also I would add this following <laughs> chart. I would add this following chart, which is a modification of a chart before that I found on uh, 4chan. So you may recognize this Anglo-American history uh, chart over here. Hold on, let me get what rid of that? let me get rid of the bird for a second. So um, this one this is, is Spanglerism, the chart right here. I, no, I don't think it's Spanglerism. This is actually um, uh, Strauss Howe. That's what it. That's what this is. But it says over here. Oh, but it looks like yeah, spring. Yeah, it's got the cycle. And it says over here in yeah. very in very small text, which is why it's kind of difficult to read. But it basically says over here, feminism trumps masculinism. Over here on the lower right, and on the upper right, it says masculinism trumps feminism, and it has men in charge in the blue area and women in charge in the pink area. So. From what I'm understanding, this is the view of a lot of people who are on the right, where they see the society that we're in right now as being yeah, women in charge. Spangler said that as soon as we decouple reproduction uh, as a concern of civilization, then we're all downhill from there. But sorry, go ahead, Mary and uh, and Alex. Uh, you, you've asked you've asked so many questions now. I've got to think about which one which one I want to answer first. Well, how about your experience um, as a woman on the they, e right? How about that? They're the spiciest one. Well, I, I never I never really set out to be on the right. Um, I don't I don't feel like my political views have changed a great deal since I was a radical leftist in my twenties. It's more that the world has just got a whole lot madder and things go together in slightly different shapes than they used to. Um, mm. I mean, in terms of, you know, I mean, I was, I was, I had a fairly, some fairly sort of epic black pill experiences that is too boring to go into now in my late twenties and sort of came out, came out thinking, you know, with basically essentially the same beliefs, but, you know, sort of a growing suspicion that everything, well, all, all the official stories were actually, the truth was actually the opposite of all of them. And, you know, and I've come to, and so I kind of ran a series of um, thought experiments in my mind to figure out whether or not I actually believe 
that. And I've come to the conclusion that that's true maybe half of the time. But a lot, a lot of the ones where I feel like the official story is actually the opposite of the one that everybody tells you or the one which is fiercely defended as dogma have to do with relations between the sexes. And, you know, as I've thought about it more and I've written about that more, of, especially over the last couple of years, I've come to the conclusion that the reason why a lot of those stories are the opposite, and actually the truth now is the opposite to the one we're officially told, um, is just because the material conditions have changed. Um, the internet has just turned everything upside down. Um, and a, lo a lot of things which used to be true just aren't anymore. Um, for example, contraception, you know, we, we've, we, you know, under, under sort of mass, mass internet con conditions, contraception has somehow bizarrely stopped being liberating and it's become a prison for women because it, you know, it forces, forces, it compels women into a position where they've got no reason to say no. Um, right. and, and, you know, and there are a lot of young women who are pretty jaded and damaged and screwed up as a consequence of that. And, you know, I, I look at that and I, I don't see liberation, you know, and the, and the other, you know, I, I see, I see girls who are sort of, you know, the, the, the face, the Instagram to OnlyFans pipeline. And the other side of that is, right. you know, jaded guys who can't get it up anymore because they, because they've been, they've been hooked on the, on the dopamine machine. Um, can since, I just since ask, they were 10 years old. Um, can I, can and, I just and, ask a question? Uh, sorry, this is, sorry. This is just a complete, completely oh, different on. world. Go on. Uh, I was just going to ask, like, do you think there's also, like, an element where people are kind of denying their own, like, reality, like their own biological reality to some degree, like, or Absolutely. their nature, you could call it? Um, like, because I've noticed that as well growing up, like, you know, you get told that, like, women need to be this way or men need to be that way, like, from, like, a kind of more feminist perspective, like, in the sense of, like, women can be more masculine or whatever the whatever the fuck people are trying to tell themselves these days. And I don't disagree that there's some overlap between the sexes in certain degrees, but I do also think there's some level of inherent nature going on. And I do, especially with women, but, like, I see especially with women, like, the, a lot of women going in, you know, sleeping around, doing different things and whatever a lot of them get like really depressed and like really just not happy with themselves or their lives they get they start to hate men because they just feel used and abused and that kind of thing and absolutely I, I, yeah i just feel like um, they're going against one, their of, one, one of my yeah well one of my recurring themes i mean, actually i wrote about this quite fairly recently um on the on the subject of sex and gender because that's this is sex and gender is really the wedge issue where this is happening and my my working my hypothesis is that um we're we're living through a, a concerted push to deregulate the idea of human nature as such um and that there are political there are political reasons for economic reasons for doing this and from a political point of view if you abolish the idea of human nature you can treat people people as pure identity or alternatively in the Benjamin Bratton style just as, as pure me kind of special dignity mm. or whatever so from a political point of view there are you know if you're if, if you're a totalitarian creepazoid fuckhead like I'm not gonna like like he he, 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 he him who I just mentioned then you know there are <laughs> the, there's a there's a case for the, there's a case for Ab abolishing human nature but also from an economic perspective you know there are there are all sorts of biomedical experiments and potentially lucrative you know new treatments or you know using using animals to grow human organs for transplant there are all sorts of Im Im immense commercial um, opportunities available for experimentation in human biology but they can only be explored if we somehow manage to train people out of thinking of humans as as possessing of some kind of dignity such that right. you know for example people have an instant yuck reaction to the idea of you know cu cultivating fetal tissue in a laboratory or crossing humans with monkeys or whatever you know we have to somehow train people out of thinking that stuff is gross or disgusting or undignified or unnatural um, before before we can embark on this immensely lucrative new field 
field of bio biomedical experimentation. So, you know, at the risk of sounding completely unhinged and paranoid and whatever, um, you know, well, well, once you put all of those things together, like to, to my eye, it looks like a deregulatory push, very similar in form to the one the, the one that swept through finance in the in the 80s and early 90s. Yeah. So yeah. so in effect, we're deregulating the idea of human nature in order in order to it's, it's a it's a new liberalization push um, and it's it's structurally very similar to to the one that took place in in high finance which involved getting rid of all the little mum and pop companies and it involved getting rid of all of the mutual finance organizations which supported working class people um you know but before there was a welfare state and it, and it involves getting rid of all of the sort of mutual obligations that were re residually present in you know local bank managers and so on yeah. and so forth in favor yeah. of this this free flow of capital which we're, which we're now you know we're now living through the kind of high flowering baroque mm. um ascendancy of you know and kind of worth of financialization of everything even fucking pizza um literally they financialized pizza you can get pizza on, on yeah because maggie on had to get rid of the oh. lions. <laughs> yeah that's why they won't um, be they won't be satisfied you... till they end up financing a, a different kind of pizza but we're not gonna get into that right oh, now Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> that's coming but, uh, so, um... <laughs> so 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 anyway i mean this is a this is a very 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 long answer um yeah to to your to your question about about what? people being persuaded mm. to go against their nature um, i mean to my came... to my eye the the, the the trans kids are are the kind of they're a very they're a sort of cute big eyed um, you know kittens and puppies kind of wedge issue for the deregulation of human nature most of which yeah. isn't even really about trans people um, you know I have I just for the for the avoidance of doubt I have immense sympathy for people who don't who feel that they're that who they are in the world who they who they want to be in the world doesn't align with their physiology you know that that obviously sucks for people who experience it you know how mm. how 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 anyone gets there is a whole other question um you know and what, what the origins are and so on is another question it obviously sucks for for a lot of people who go through that but um i think it's being politicized um by by a whole bunch of people who who don't really have the interests of any of us at heart, even even transgender people. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's that's some of the some of the stuff that I see in the mail. Um, if we don't if, if we if we don't in some way uh, if we can't find a way of recuperating the idea of human nature and talking honestly about the fact that you know there are, there are some things that are are in our nature and there's some that aren't. And you know to to a degree there are you know the the, the sexes are distinct mm -hmm. in that way. You know, but there's mm -hmm. a lot of overlap, like you said, but but we're also distinct yeah, you in some came ways. in. You came in under fire recently by the uh, the GAC uh, people, mm. by the Nick Land, Nick's Land. Uh, uh, that yes. was hilarious, actually. Oh, and by the was... way, somebody who we're also going to have on uh, tomorrow. And, uh, by oh, the way, God, so please you... don't on. say Nick's Land. Hold on, no, no. Since, oh, you, have oh, chickens, yeah, since you have chickens, this is uh, Tom Turkey. This is my friend, Tom Turkey. He's oh. my good friend. Oh, and uh, tomorrow we're going to have the Turkey Tom, the roast of Turkey Tom Thanksgiving spectacular stream. So Tom Turkey here is going to be joining us. Uh, but... Um, I think what's good to follow this uh, up is the question well, of... Well, Alex didn't answer the, que yes. the question. Yes, okay, Alex, yeah. answer... Yes, go for it, Seems Alex. Seems like a thousand centuries ago. But yes, and then, was... I, then I'm going to follow <laughs> it up with uh, the question that Turkey Tom over here has, or Tom Turkey. Um, the, the question of, of being a woman on, on, on the right wing and... Well, that, and that, but also, uh, like, the sort of, like, attitude towards, um, like, how women of a particular socio-political and demographic place in society are such movers and shakers in terms of what is consented to politically but yeah, yeah you go ahead yeah with yeah yeah i mean this is you know the, the question of, of women in politics it, it is in, in the end and you know why why i was attracted to the right wing was 
because there was a, quite a significant screaming amount of truth in the right wing, which uh, wasn't there in the left wing, which is kind of the, you know, obviously the, the normie, normie world. And it's exciting, interesting, you know, people, people are smart. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's magnetic. And obviously they're, they're going to be women, you know, gravitating towards it. Um, the, the problem when you have truth in, in anything, and especially if it's, if it's been hidden and if it's been suppressed is that, you know, um, people can get a little bit, uh, drunk on, on the power of having that truth. And, you know, so I think, you know, there are some excesses, you know, there are, I think there's also a bit of paranoia now, cause I, I think, you know, what's happened to the dissident right wing, I feel is that now there are women in it. Women, when women show up, there's usually, it means that, you know, a certain threshold has been, has been crossed, you know, yeah, uh, the, the autism, lizard brains turn on autism as well. has been surpassed <laughs> yeah. by the autistic women <laughs> believe in such a phenomenon. I don't know if that's true, but, uh, <laughs> Yeah, you... yeah, it seems a lot of autistic women are fighting with autistic men now on the internet. I mean, sounds about right. It's the next level, you know, you get, you get the. I don't know. I don't know if it's autism. To be honest, I think it's some some you know it's some sh shattering of of cluster B. I think there's there's some form of cluster B that presents almost like autism. Uh, yeah. I definitely mm -hmm. have that. I'm definitely not autistic, but I have lots BPD, of... BPD, RADFEM, GF, uh, yeah, autistic, like no, it's, it's a different Nazi, <laughs> It's a different kind of autism. It's A-U-G-H-T, autism. You <laughs> ought to do this, you ought to do that. That's the kind of autism I'm <laughs> The wagon thing. Yeah, but I, I did have a follow-up. I had this joke before oh. we came on. There was a few jokes. One was uh, I had this thing where... Um, cause I remember, um, before, before Alex had her kid, she's like, Oh, don't worry about it. I have pregnancy brain. I was going to say you women always, it's like, you know, Oh, it's my time of the month. I can't think, Oh, it's pregnancy brain. I can't think. Oh, I have menopause. I can't think when do you women ever think my God, sorry. That was a terrible <laughs> oh, joke. God. Terrible. Well, well, Gio, in this brave new world, now you can have the same, uh, reasons. So you can be on menopause and nobody can ever question that. They say men have a form of a time of the month, like the, the or testosterone shoots up near the end of the month yeah. or something. I forget. Or, I think or you could just, just, or you could just pull uh, a, pull uh, a Chris Chan and do like the, okay, I'm not gonna. Oh, never. Oh, <laughs> but I do have well, a follow-up. I, yeah. I guess you could turn that question around and say, <laughs> you know, at, at least at least if your hormones are all over the shop all of the time, you're never going to be deluded into thinking mind-body dualism is a thing. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Okay, so I do. Cartesianism I do wanna... does come um, from a very and, and just. Uh, just finally, on on the question of being being female and on the right, um, very straightforwardly, it helps being middle aged. Mm. Well, yeah. we we are and, also and not, we are also going to have Nina Paley on, who uh, in the future I'm not I posting my face. Well, uh, oh, don't worry about no, it. No, but when when we are going to have Nina Paley on, I would love for you guys to both talk because I think you're around the same age, and uh, Nina's been through a lot of problems with the uh, transgender people because she is, as they call, uh, a turf. And uh, she's but she was canceled. Um, her yes. Nina Nina Power. No, Nina Paley. Oh yeah, yeah Nina Power. No, Nina, Nina Paley. Paley. Huh. Nina oh, Paley. Yeah. 
I know a lot of different okay. Ninas there, but Nina Paley's huh. great, great. Although she... we're trying to get Nina Power on. Yes. Yeah. I'm going to call it the Nina Power Rounder when she comes in. But uh, <laughs> I do want to ask the, <laughs> I do want to ask the uh, follow-up question. Okay, so the follow-up oh question, the follow-up question She'd is She'd love that, that actually. She'd I'm, I'm sure that. she will. Okay, here is the left Polyaka follow-up question. Uh, yes. When she comes on, you've got to ask her about Demestra feminism. Oh, <laughs> all right. Well, we'll do. I wanted to ask it. Well, no, Gio, I got to get to my question. Yeah, sorry. All right, here we go. Here we go. Okay. <laughs> here we are. Okay. So my my follow up question is this: If we had, uh, let's say, a fifth column made up of people who felt like they were oppressed for a long time, whether we're talking about uh, women, whether we're talking about people from different minority groups. There, I think, was something to the effect that if people were denied certain rights, certain freedoms that other people have had for a long time, even if it's like a very niche group, the fact that there was some denial before makes it a very feisty and very rabid fifth column. Do you think maybe if we get used to a lot of this clown world craziness that's going on right now, eventually the fifth column will lose the fifth column ness where they wouldn't feel as and i know it sounds kind of like uh, appeasement what i'm what i'm saying here but do you think that maybe that fifth column will feel less empowered by the fact that they're not really considered victims anymore and the juice the mojo will start uh, to run out yeah I, I see that already happening i mean you know the 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 the, the, the victim groups that were uh, several of them are already being discarded uh, you know, there are there are various people pre formerly in the BIPOC coalition who've been sort of more recently discarded. Mm. Um, you know, I see yeah, I, 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 Asian heritage Americans often often get ejected. You know, if they if they turn out to be too clever, or um, for example, and, yeah. and I, Hispanics could easily suffer the same fate. I mean, you know, gay gay men and lesbian women. Yeah, lesbian summarily, you know, mm. like yeah, exactly. Lesbian, particularly, particularly, forgive me, gold star gays. You know, people who are who've just never slept with somebody of the opposite sex. Um, you know, I've, uh, plenty of them are up in arms about the idea that, in fact, um, you know, their their sexual orientation turns is is now being reframed as a genital preference or even just as a sort of form of bigotry. Um, and plenty of them are pretty hacked off about that and and, and now up in arms. Um, so, so you know, there are all sorts of tensions and dissensions within within the ranks, um, and I think gay men in particular, um, you know, have have the scope. I mean, le lesbians just don't care what anybody thinks of them, so they're so they're always they're always excellently excellently um, capable of dissent. Um, but but yeah, but there are plenty of gay men, you know, who are who who are increasingly loud and vocal about their their objections mm. to some of the some of the directions of travel. Yeah, I think there are. I think there's there's all sorts of fracturing going on. So, and you know what we're what's emerged what's in, so it's kind of a race for, race against time mm. for you know whether whether it all comes apart before the new system of patronage is in place or or mm. you know how that really plays out. But if uh, if that is the case. Do you think that a model could possibly work where, let's say, there would be more of a conservative uh, stewardship over the United States? Again, if we're talking about the U.S. here, where even if there would be certain norms, certain values that would be encouraged en masse, encouraged from whoever ends up becoming the new elites, at the same time, there wouldn't be this case of outright denying somebody the opportunity to go a different direction and try something else. Because that would be different than, let's say, just saying that uh, 
I'm going to let you do whatever, you know, if you want to go this direction, this is not my favorite direction, I'm not going to encourage this direction, but if you want to do it, I'm not going to stop you. That is a very different thing than giving fuel to the fire of a fifth column by outright denying or banning certain things, which I think would only empower uh, a... Uh, I'm not, I don't think it's appeasement uh, I mean, necessarily. It's a balance uh, between, uh, yeah. That's, that's essentially, Yoram has a news um, argument, or that that's the one that he put forward when, when he yeah. did the panel. Uh, the National Conservatives Conference. I mean, his, his, his proposed model is, you know, essentially re-Christianizing America, but with carve-outs for gay people and Jews. I mean, that's a very, very, very crude paraphrase. But I mean, the, he, he says that, you know, that's a, that's a perfectly workable conservative compromise. You know, you end up, you end up with, you know, a, a majoritarian, a sort of a, a moder a modulated majority, you know, we'll make, so the, the idea is that it makes some, it has some carve-outs for, mm. for minorities. Now, how that, I haven't really given it, I haven't thought, thought it through enough to know really where I stand on it. Mm. And certainly it's a, it's an argument which is causing some, some intense debate, um, you know, around, around those circles. But that's, that, that is one proposal which is doing the rounds at the moment. Well, what, what do you think, Alex? Do we think we need a, Lots ghettos for uh, furries and, uh, you know. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I think, you know, there's, um, at the moment we have like total, total encouragement uh, and there's, you know, a big, a big diff gap between toleration and encouragement, you know, there's, yeah. um, if the elite creed is to, is something that is pro-social, that is, um, you know, that is geared towards the preservation of uh, a functioning society and the, um, the reproduction of the species. So that's kind of the, not only the norm, but also the thing that trickles down from the people that everyone looks towards, then, you know, it's easier to have minorities that are tolerated, um, maybe even, you know, kind of in, in a parallel system, you know, like Hazoni described. Right. Um, I don't know how that works in, in America when there's like uh, 150 ethnic groups and more more coming just by the fact that everyone's mixing together. So uh, maybe there is a way to do that. Um, I don't know. But one thing is certain, there has to be, I, I, that's, that's what I've come to believe, there has to be a stable moral framework that represents a confident state, even for minorities, because they have to orient themselves around something because what we have at the moment is this shifting tide that's ripping into one direction mm. uh, and you know no one really can organize themselves like you see like for example in, in Sweden um, the um, the minorities like for example women from Syria vote mostly for the like extreme right party or so-called extreme right party Sweden Democrats oh so because you know and a baddie GFs for all of us <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's, it's you know the tide is shifting, so it's not like their, their, their values are represented in any way in that. So um, I think even for minorities, it would be great to have, okay, you know, call it the Ten Commandments, you know, go crazy. <laughs> but you have to have a set of values that you can't like, you know, you're not going to check in 50 years from now and say, oh, this is absolutely completely different like it is now in, in the U.S. or across Western Europe. So that's, that's just my two cents on it. I think uh, the problem is that um, you, you, we mentioned the hungry model before, which is interesting because I, I kind of, I'm skeptical, even though I, on an intellectual level, I think like any form of like right wing third worldism is interesting, obviously, but I think like practically it's kind of like, that's the difference. Like hungry, the, the problem is that 
you have like a few people. Okay, nowadays you have a more mainstream like Tucker Carlson version of it. But before it used to be like, I don't know, people in the manosphere that moved to like Eastern Europe to like, you know, bang pure white women or whatever, right? Which was kind of ridiculous. But I think like that model itself, I, I can understand why that's appealing. But the problem is that when you're dealing with the civilization of like millions of people, a multi-ethnic civilization, that's always like apart from some form of balkanization. I mean, in Europe, this is much easier, obviously. We know which groups you probably have to kick out in order to maintain your functioning civilization. You know, like, what you have to do, clearly. Like, Europeans have to have more kids. Like, that's a given. Which is another question I wanted to raise, is that I noticed, like, the antinatalism thing is growing in popularity by leaps and bounds. And it seemed, like, just the other day, like, um, there was... Oh, what's her name? She used to be a part of like the irony bro people. That beef whistle woman, what's her name? Uh, Tara. She had that tweet that went viral about like this woman that is like childless and higher income or whatever. Um, it seems like the Zoomer response is that antinatalism is not just like tolerated, but it's almost like a default good thing, which is fucking scary and terrifying. But I noticed that even on the right, there is like a form that I kind of concerned about, even though this is just high impact autism and probably not even worth my time. But there is like a weird form of like ex Pua, like totally depraved, almost like proto Sternerite nihilist version of like, well, society is terminally gynocentric, black pill. Therefore, we have to bang uh, sex workers and uh, having uh, kids is a lost cause and marriage and children and family life is quote unquote gynocentric. Wait, I do have to offer Therefore, one. We have to. Uh, I do have to offer you know. one white pill here. And, and, well, and yeah. that is this. Maybe a lot of the people going into the future who are going to fall for the trap of being stuck within the metaverse and not having kids and not procreating are actually going to be the ones that we wouldn't want to, to have kids in the first place because they wouldn't be as responsible if they're spending all their time playing these VR video games. And maybe that would mean that the very people who don't have enough willpower are going to be the ones not to pass uh, themselves on to the next generation. Would that be any consolation to the uh, situation we have right now? Alex, you're shaking your head no. No, oh, I think you're underestimating mimesis <laughs> very hard. No, I don't think so. Wait, yeah. what, what, what was it? I didn't... What were you, what did you say? Like? Yeah. I know. Oh, yes. Oh, damn. It's the... Uh, Mary, are you there? Mary? Okay, I will repeat it for you, Gio. Yeah. If we're going to have people who are going to be more stuck within the metaverse, who are just going to spend all their right. time in these yeah. fantasy worlds... Then yeah. the, you know, I'm, I'm oh. with Alex. I'm with Alex. All right. All right, but yeah. l let me know why. Yeah, I think you're, I think you're 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 under underestimating how people just kind of flop to him. Hmm. How people what? Hello. Hello. Yes. Uh, yeah, you're breaking uh, up. Going a bit. kind of in and out. I guess my my recommendation yeah. would be. Are you still there? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Just breaking. Oh. Damn, oh, she's shit. Got. Okay, my recommendation... What were you saying, Love, about the metaverse? Yeah, so, uh, and by the way, my recommendation is when um, when uh, Mary comes back that she would just look at the waveform on her phone. That may be the best way to tell whether or not the connection's better. I'm not really sure how it works in England. I think it may be that. But my recommendation here is maybe the people who don't have enough willpower 
uh, and the ones that will end up succumbing to this virtual landscape of fantasy, then maybe those wouldn't have been the people that would have passed on good qualities towards their kids as far as morals, as oh, far yeah, as, that's... you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And I'm not saying it's only going to be those people that are going to be attracted to it, but that's still a very big part. I mean, just think of, I don't know, think of uh, all the technocrats who don't give their kids iPads, who value real life, because I think that they know what exactly it means just to constantly be in this feedback loop with these things so when people are going to be free from those then you are going to have a tiered like a class system if you will of some people who are going to be below who are going to just always be in need of the dopamine fix and other people who are going to be above and i'm not saying that this is a great thing but i'm basically saying this may be the consolation prize as far as where and, we're going technologically and then alex what was your objection yeah, I was just saying that I think Lev underestimates mimesis and, and how, you know, how much social contagion there is with, with this stuff and all these trends that that true. coming yeah. out of the universe. But also, <laughs> at the same time, it could be our, you know, our equivalent of war. You know, there was a lot of culling of the <laughs> of, of people <laughs> in the past, you know, genetic culling by yeah, simple, simple act that we were warring. Maybe the metaverse is going to be the, hmm. you know, the uh, eternal bunker but, uh, where the people that are not going to reproduce it'll be the human it'll be like the, the uh the genetic refuge shredder of uh, instead of going to war it's like the star trek episode our private little war it's like you'll go into the yeah but ironically if we're talking about this ironically the people who go to war they're usually the ones who are you know patriotic who are uh, well equipped uh, you know muscularly they're people who can handle a gun so they would be the people who would not be in the metaverse maybe i don't know so maybe the people who are going to be stuck in it would be more like the wally people i don't know well i don't know i'm seeing like because i understand what you're saying like there is definitely a, a, an element where like it's kind of good to know that like these people who are basically out in themselves as like completely selfish and wouldn't be willing to raise a child and stuff like that so maybe not well, their children. argument is that they're selfless and that it's actually not oh selfless. i know i know what they you're say saving the it's environment not what they say it's what they do and that it's selfish <laughs> to want to in fact it's selfish to want to propagate your genes into the future yeah. because that's like uh and this is what I'm saying, even like the fact that we're seeing like, uh, even though it's a very small community of autists, the fact that we're seeing a right wing version of that is terrifying to me, because now you could say like, well, imbibe like the terminal black pill, therefore, like even having a family and having children is like, quote unquote, gynocentric, therefore, it's like better like looks max and then go in, uh, you know, uh, prosty max or whatever. It's like, to me, that's damn that's you know yeah but it is what it is worrying but like i will say to alex's point like um it it is re it does gravity like it has gotten bigger and bigger over the years and like yeah definitely don't underestimate like how far spread this kind of thing can get however i do think to speak to lev's point though as well is that these things go in swings and roundabouts and i think like there will probably be some level of resurgence for like finding identity in motherhood and taking back your femininity and stuff like that i think maybe we'll reach a peak and maybe it will actually that peak will actually be when the right wing starts getting infected with it as mm. well there might be like some level of a swing back around where people are like i'm gonna rebel against this i'm gonna have six kids yeah <laughs> like, you know. well it also it also i think depends on what you do for example if you were europe after world war one and you saw what happened with Germany. What if Europe would have gone, you know what, we're going to help the Germans out. We're going to take it really easy on them. We're going to make sure that they get back on track economically. So kind of do a similar thing that happened with the German economic miracle after World War II. If that were the case, I don't think you would have had as... Uh, 
as hot-headed of a response as you did with World War II, which is, again, why I say, when you're on top, don't make the same fucking mistake that was made before, and actually that leave room... That was the French, yeah. yeah. They really fucked us over in that regard. Fucking frogs? Oh. Yeah. No, well, you're Mary, right. this is your territory. Are you here, Mary? Can you hear Mary, us? Mary, uh, you are muted right now, so please unmute yourself. And everybody subscribe, by the way. All the people who are watching this, we need the subscriptions. We need the patrons. Yes, this is live ZHP, yes. Yes. Yo, hello. Hear hello. Hello, I'm back. Yeah, sorry about that. I'm, I'm literally now in the, in the beating heart of, um, of, of, of normie, normie Cambridge, uh, Cambridge City Centre itself on my way to Trinity College. So I, I have to talk in hushed tones about anything <laughs> even remotely spicy or I'll get off. <laughs> I'm, so I'm, not, I'm not kidding. I got tutted once in a kind of cafe because Ooh. I said, oh, <laughs> oh, I said. <laughs> So what do you think about a left-wing and, right, and now right-wing uh, anti-natalism? What do you think of this trend? Um, I, I, think it's, I think it's shit livery with extra steps. <laughs> yeah. But, but like what, what average centrist you were saying about how um, maybe that, like, and you talk about this return to like an ownership of femininity through motherhood and through family life if that's possible to sell to like zoomers with molten neon hair and uh, pronouns in the bio. I don't, I don't know how that could come about. Well, I mean, I, I see the, I, I actually see the, the backlash in favor of younger motherhood already happening. I mean, mm. I have, I mean, I, I, I have, I have like Gen Z or borderline millennial Gen Z friends, like 23 and so on, who, who are cracking out babies now, you know, they're moving to small holdings in New Hampshire and bringing them out, you know, they're, they're, they're just, they're just doing it. I mean, some of some of them yeah. have some pretty interesting political views, but it, it's happening. Um, you know, it's I'm 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 kind of I'm I'm really, you know, I'm 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 into my forties now, and I suppose I've I've always been a chronic political hipster, but you know, in, in as much as I take an interest in this stuff, you know, it's from a kind of it's from from a position on the fringes, but you know the 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 girls who are like 23, 24 now, and they're just just decided to, you know, they they're doing their version of exit. And exit mm. looks like you know having five kids by the time you're thirty. Mm. And I say good luck to them because I mean it's it's a it's a completely legit way to go about mm. it. But you can, know, you but can economically, always... were you saying that there is a problem today that the trad lifestyle is a bit of a LARP for most people, just economically speaking? Or it or is no? it's a pro it's a problem. Um, you know, it's it's only available to it's only available if you've got two. It, it, you know, at, at least one really good income and potentially two. Otherwise, it just doesn't really. Otherwise, it doesn't work massively well. Pill. Or you could take the Varge pill and live in the form of happy poverty, I guess. That that would be another form of exit, I mm. think. Um, yeah, I uh, guess I guess that's an option as well. Um, but yeah. yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's certainly you know if you're if you're struggling even to make rent as a couple, um, you know, in the in the location where you have to live in order to be able to do the work that you've been qualified to do, mm. um, you know, trying to. You know, the, the, the whole idea of, you know, a kind of trad lifestyle is a complete pipe dream. I mean, I don't think it has to be like, I don't, I, I don't think that's how you have to organize it, to be honest. Um, I mean, I, 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 don't, I, I don't lead a trad life remotely. I mean, I work pretty much full time. I didn't used to when my daughter mm. was little, tiny, tiny. Um, and we, and <laughs> it's actually, you know, we, we actually have a pretty, we both work from home. We have a sort of pretty egalitarian setup. My husband sorts her before school and I sort her after school. She's always, always got, um, one one parent or the other kind of around school hours um you know it's and we both work you know if you have 
you know, most of the manual labor in a house, you know, is not like the old days. You know, most of that is kind of dealt with by machines as things stand. I mean, if we if we live through an apocalypse and everything completely goes to shit, then it might be a different story. But you know, mm-hmm. as, as things stand, yeah. you know, you, you you don't need to be a trad wife unless you have like six kids. And and uh, and, and out, out, yeah. So so you know there are there are plenty of different ways of organising it. And I think I think the the this this obsession with the trad lifestyle is a bit of a red herring. A because it just doesn't it doesn't make sense for um, the majority of people, and B. Um, like it's not economically viable and also it's just a model for a for an age which doesn't exist anymore mm-hmm. you know it's a that, that it's a you know, trad I, I read something i wrote something a little while ago about why it, trad wives are kind of a red herring because they're not trad enough and actually we shouldn't be looking at the 1950s we should be looking at the 1450s yeah um, because true. that was that was an age where 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 family life was was productive you know people worked in the home and everybody yeah. worked um, mm. including children and i think it's it's you know there are much more there are much more creative and fruitful um ways forward out of this kind of blind alley of tradness and you know old you know, gen sex roles which are just not really comfortable for anybody anymore um into something that's realistic in terms of you know what biologically you know where where biologically we do actually differ and into um something so it's something that just feels a bit more realistic and a bit more achievable with where we are now. Um, yeah, and so uh, that's and Alex. That I'm was curious. my mother growing up in in Brazil and then Italy, like because my grandfather didn't. He had three girls, so they had to like help him, you know, with his carpentry business. And like my grandmother was always working, and it's like, you know, even like I could remember, like from a very young age, you work with your mother and your grandmother and you're working like around the house and, and even just to make like the, the nightly meal is like a, a feat, right. Compared to nowadays, like, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's a totally different mode of existence. You can't really like, it requires like a lot of like skills passed down to people. Right. Anyway, sorry, Alex. Yep. I All right, here, I hear a dog over there. I am also curious about Alex. So uh, would you say you're living a trad lifestyle right now or something close to it? <laughs> Trad lifestyle. Um, wife style. That's good. Wife style. Um, no, I mean, it's a, it's a hard thing. I mean, it depends. Um, it's definitely more trad than, than your average Western woman. I live in a multi-generational pod um, and uh, I have a garden, though I don't really cultivate, you know, everything I eat and, and things like that. So this is not like a homestead or anything. I live in kind of a you know, small town, um, you know, it's, it's not, you know, little house on the prairie for sure. And, uh, you know, I'm not churning butter. Uh, I have to, I have to say I purchase things at the store. Um, uh, yeah, I think, I think I, I agree with Mary. Um, everything's a LARP nowadays just because, um, we're, we're, we don't need, we really do not need to do all of these things. So everything's kind of been disintermediated. Um, and I think that's, you know, that's the cause of the, the, uh, uh, atomization idea um you you literally do not need your family you literally do not need your you know the the baker you don't need you don't even need friends you you can just essentially live as a it's the first time in, in history you can live as this um yeah and in the pod 
literally. And it's it's kind of comfortable as well. I think people have this um, this revealed preference that uh, that they don't really like to uh, have social friction. Social friction yeah. is really, really hard. You know, that's why everyone has, um, what's that called, social anxiety nowadays. Because you, you just don't have to have that many social interactions and you forget you're rusty by the time you get to talk to someone. Um, and, you know, people don't like talking on the phone. It's it's weird. Why should you talk on the phone? You can just text or, you know. Yeah, I know. I don't know. An app or There's, something. There is a lot less pressure, but to push back a bit, not to the extent we did last time with the uh, To the Moon, Alice, but uh, a little bit something a little bit lighter which is, uh, by the way, there's a little bit of uh, audio interference on Mary's line right now. I'm going to temporarily mute it uh, just uh, because there's the noise. But anyway, this uh, idea is, let's say you get married to someone and, you know, there's nothing that dramatic going on, but in general you just find that you can't really stand being with this person. And yes, I understand that there are certain circumstances when everybody's working and you just have to literally survive to uh, live and there's no time to even think about, I don't really care about being with this person at all. But I wouldn't put it past, uh, you know, concern that there would have been times before where a substantial amount of people were just living, let's say from a younger age, with somebody that they just found out they have absolutely nothing to do with. And if they would have had their way, they would have divorced them, but they cannot. So I never know when it comes to talking about history, whether we're talking about 10%, 20%, 50%, 70%, 80%. The only thing I know is my family. I'm a you know, knock on wood. I'm very grateful to have the family that I do. I don't know what your family's like. I don't know what Geo's family's like or average centrists or Mary's. So it's very difficult for me to say what exactly is going on. But is this something that can be addressed in a, in a certain way? Yeah, I think I think our perspective of what of what family means has changed very drastically. We're still kind of in the in the consumer mindset. You have you consume your ex the experience of having a wife, a, a family. You know that's that's how you can get to that level of friction. Like, oh, I can't stand this woman. Well, if she's you know the only thing standing in between you and and your meals and you having children, or if she's the only option that was open for you at that circumstance, it just it just doesn't yeah. cross my mind to think about it that way. So I think it's very hard to say how which percentage of people had that relationship to to their spouse because I think relationships to the spouses were just completely different because they were um, essentially um, much more based on um, what do we do together in the, the marriage was the, the purpose of it it wasn't your relationship you you weren't you know buddies you were there to yeah. have children to propagate you know the family name to do certain land deals to just live to, to do the business of living uh, and I think it's just, it was just a completely different um, yeah the nature of the relationship was very different so, mm. yeah I, mean, I, I would I would agree with that I think if there's anything if there's anywhere useful we can go from here it's uh, I would actually speak from from my own experience having adjusted to both of us working from home whilst also having a kid and I would say in my experience the thing which has made that possible has been both of us setting aside the idea of big romance um, in favor of something considerably more pragmatic and like yeah. you can't you can't sustain the, the big romance if you see each other all day every day you just can't mm. um, and if you tr if you try and try and do that like that it's and <laughs> I have this I have this hypothesis that in fact big romance is kind of a bullshit consolation prize for the amount of autonomy that women lost yeah um, exactly. when, when the industrial era began 
You know, the whole the whole thing was just invented to cheer women up for the fact mm. that they no longer that they were no longer you know participating in public life to such a to such a degree, and they'd been sort of stuffed into the private bourgeois household instead. And so and so they got big romance as a consolation prize. And you know, we're kind of at the other side of that now. Um, and I think we have to like if if we're going to manage any kind of functional family life in you know whatever whatever the age where it is that we're in now um, we have to abolish big romance and somebody wrote over thing. here is there I'm... even any romance anymore i mean well well exactly like, it's dead oh, now. Wait, wait, it's just defined in a different way because to mm. me romance is finding closeness between the struggle that you go through together yes. and like discovering yeah, but who that's you not are for most, it's not like, like giving roses tinder, by yeah. the fireplace and, and this, them down this is why i think i was a little bit misconstrued with my question and it's uh definitely because of the way that i phrased the question so when i'm talking about this level of not being able to live with somebody I'm not talking about, uh, you know, just, oh, there's no romance anymore. There's no spice in our marriage. That's not what I'm talking about at all. I'm talking about more this idea of your significant other being like a body part, being like something that if they were to die, then it would be like a body part of yours would be chopped off. This is the feeling that I get from my family personally when it comes to how close our relation uh, yeah, is. Well, hold on. But but one other thing, Gio. One other thing, Gio. I wouldn't say that we have no hardship. We have a bit of hardship, yet we're able to still have that kind of understanding of among ourselves what i would add into this though hold on i'm gonna temporarily because there's some uh, there's a kid uh, shouting in the background sorry mary uh one thing i would say here is the polar opposite of that would be a relationship where the wife or the husband would just be constantly fantasizing about you know, just uh, stabbing or poisoning the significant other, that's the level that they can't stand each other. And I've known people like that. I've known people, uh, you know, within the uh, Russian uh, circle that we are in who have exactly that kind of relationship. They stay together. So I'm not just talking about the spice has gone down. I'm just talking about this being literal hell on earth prison that uh, this person's experiencing. But it's an open question that I can't answer. How no, many relationships I mean were like that? But what I mean, Lev, is like hardship or like mutual understanding is only brought about through life experiences. Like, you know, your your parents came here from the Soviet Union and they had to struggle. And like, I think the problem nowadays is that the sort of like free choice and consent model is really dooming us to sort of like a postnatal future because now it's like the, the notion that you would sacrifice your own sort of autonomy or whatever to have kids with someone is like almost beyond the pill nowadays for the average like mm. zoomer top Sadie. I don't know. It's like that, like just, it's really shocking to see how, well, our friends EHP said it the best. And I keep coming back to this thread because it was amazing where he said they just plain don't want them. Their desires yeah. are hideous, hideous, hideous. So, but no. that goes, but I think that goes for everything. I think that goes uh, for you guys, creature comforts. You, yes. you guys, I'm sorry to cut in. I, I actually have to go. Because like I've, I have to, I have to story off to my next thing. I'm very sorry to disappear at this point because no, no it's just problem got really all. entertaining. No problem. But you, 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 you guys be good without me. And thank I, you, thank Mary, you I would love to have me. you again. I would definitely have to have you with Nina Paley this as well. It's been a lot of fun. <laughs> it has. Let's do it. Thank Take you, care. Mary. Let's do it. It's been lots of fun. Thanks for having yeah. me. Bye -bye. Thank you. And by the Bye. way, guys, we are going to have Nina Paley along with. My friend uh, Tom Turkey over here for the oh, uh, Turkey Tom, the Roast of Turkey Tom live stream tomorrow at uh, 5 o'clock. We are also going to have some surprise guests. I'm not going to say who they are yet, but Nina is going to join us. And uh, Gio and uh, Alex and Average Centrist. Did you know that Nina Paley uh, had Amos Yee at her home? 
Oh god, yeah. I, <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Oh when? man. Her so, boyfriend did, but Yeah, but her she, boyfriend, yeah. Yeah. But she That's also when wrote, he spur- yeah. started spurging out, and then yeah. Like, so we're gonna get yeah. the uh, inside skinny on what exactly went down there. Oh, tomorrow. so that's oh, that is your logic for bringing on me to <laughs> like because t- Turkey Tom did the documentary on Amos recently. Yeah. So well, oh, well, Alex, Alex, that's do you know who Amos is? I have no idea. He's probably gonna he be. Was a he's probably gonna be like a, like a senator in America, like uh, in a couple of years. He's, <laughs> oh God, no! This this he boy's was... gonna go far. He's gonna be heading a children's charity. <laughs> oh fuck! Oh fuck! He was a Korean. No, not like... Korean. What are you talking about? He was from Singa- oh, Singapore. Singapore, Singapore. Um, he was like part of the like. He was like inspired. By the OG uh, Fedora Tipper YouTubers, like Amazing Atheist, and he uh, got into a lot of trouble in his country for freedom of speech stuff. So they sort of like paraded him around. He was on Dave Rubin, blah blah blah. Um, and he uh, came to America when he was hit college age. I think he spent some time in juvenile hall or whatever for insulting the uh, the president or that died or whatever. i don't think it was juvenile hall i think it was like full-on full-on prison was it full-on prison yeah. yeah so a bunch of these skeptics this is before the gamergate days they they basically like advocated for him and nina paley and her boyfriend offered for him to come over to america and you know stay at their house or whatever and uh he was had his moment in the sun but then he started like going off which in my opinion is kind of like the logical conclusion <laughs> to a totally nihilistic worldview like that he started advocating for geo 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 yes be careful the way pizza. you yes yes yeah i know i'm not gonna yeah. say it's youtube yes which he ironically is the this... way that they're trying to put it into universities and stuff like that now like the language a, that he was he a map used... he was a map yeah the language that yeah. he used to describe what he was talking about in terms of his desire and whatever yeah. i obviously won't say what it is but but like they are now putting that into universities and there are literally like these non-binary people trying yeah. to do lectures in universities. Well, he claimed it wasn't his desire, but it, I can't, you know. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, but, yeah, that, yeah. but then there were those texts in uh, Discord. I mean, I'll say no more. Watch the uh, watch the Turkey Tom video. I'm gonna, we're the 15, yeah. Yeah, I'm going yeah. I'm, I'm to upload it. The young girl, but here's what there's a lot of allegations. Mm. Di- I just say Discord. There you go. You know, say no more. Right? But here's so. what uh, Nina wrote. So she wrote, wow, I and watched. Apparently the- he had a group of these maps in a Discord group. Yeah, a that lot he of, was like bouncing ideas a off. A lot of uh, pizza-related maps, yes. So uh, <laughs> the handkerchief, you, you remember. Terrible, anyway, terrible. Uh, Nina wrote, uh, "Watch the video." Yup, I was one of the many who tried to help Amos, only to have him bite the hands that fed him. My ex Theo was yeah. generous to him beyond sanity. Glad his official diagnosis was narcissist. That's how I called him yeah. when he was in Illinois detention. Um, on the plus side, he cured me of helping wounded birds. No more narcs for me. So <laughs> there we are. Um, no. Yeah, but but um, the, one of the most ridiculous things, though, with uh, his story is that this guy who was this uh, Christian—I don't know if he was a pastor, but he was like some uh, some he was Christian a dude, youth pastor. Yeah, youth pastor. Yeah, he, who uh, freed him? He paid him the bail money twice. Yeah, and this is like and he totally snaked on this guy and insulted him and implied that he was trying to like i don't know do something to him it was like so fucked up yeah yeah so again this is why i say in the reality we're in geo this guy's gonna go far 
So no, well, no get, doubt about it. He's yeah, gonna be walking. Some... He's gonna be walking hand in hand with Jen Psaki. You know, people don't know this. Gonna even, deal with Subway. Even TJ, an amazing, amazing atheist, he had some kind of uh, stuff going on in his ancient uh, DeviantArt account where he wrote some. Anyways, I don't get into it. But yeah. uh, this is the next but... level of it. Like you know, you, we were saying before, Joe, that I was kind of into rationalism, and. You know, rationalism kind of has this idea that, you know, that's the dualism, that Cartesianism is at the core of rationalism, that there is, you know, some something in there that's guiding you and can make the rational yeah. decisions. It is absolutely logical that the next stage is to um, kind of free the consenting child. You know, why, you know, it, it's an arbitrary limit. Why do we say 18? Is a 17-year-old not, you know, prepared to, to be rational and consent and do all the, the cool, rational, lazy things that everyone yeah. wants to do? Um, um, so it's it's going to be you know it's it's already uh, phrased in the language of freedom uh, of uh, of um, releasing the the inner child from from the shackles right. of the adult. Uh, so it's it's coming and yeah it might it might come sooner rather than later. Do you... I think like the fact that they have this like they they coax it with sort of like a humanism or an, like sort of an empathetic like framework is like really disturbing yeah. to me i think like yeah, a lot of too. what they you know target children with i think like that it, it's really like that type of discourse is just it, well for not just being it's baseless obviously but the fact that it's baseless on such a deeper level like it's it really is like the terminal conclusion to like what we see nowadays is like the liberal worldview ethic. It's like, yeah, the you have as much hedonistic. freedom, right? Yeah. yeah, like it's total hedonism. I mean, even yeah. like, I hate to say it, but even like, I don't want to counter signal too hard here, but like, even there's a, you know, based red pilled version of it where it's like, well, you know, it's like, that's attacking male sexuality. I have ages consent laws. It's like, uh, does he really want to die on that hill? You know, is that mm. based in trad red pill? Is that have a fucking thirteen year old trad wife? It's like, yeah, no, it's not. I don't know. But I, I will, I will say just very quickly because um, I don't really show myself often. But I will say I'm actually writing an article about <laughs> about the French um, petition. I'm, I'm writing, I'm writing an article about the um, about people using empathy as a cover for all this kind of shit mm. uh, for ba basically things that are completely sociopathic and devoid of empathy. Mm. Like I think, um, I think it's really interesting. I've been watching it develop for years and years. Yeah. And I know there's probably others that have spoken about it, but I'm writing something about it and I'll put it out in a few, a few days. So. Well, I'm kind of curious, average centrist. I have two questions for you, but the first one is, do you think from that particular stick stream that uh, you were doing a review of, and by the way, guys, go to oh, average yeah. centrist uh, YouTube channel. Uh, Cause you only have 83 followers right now which is a step up from what you had before but this is not enough so oh, guys yeah guys yeah. follow average centrist but also on uh, youtube i'm gonna post the link as well please subscribe to average centrist youtube here is the link to it but uh, anyway do you think that uh, Ms. Delochu, again, I appreciate her coming on, but do you think her reaction was coming from, uh, for those who don't know the story, she worked for Pete Buttigieg, there was this big thing that she uh, had with uh, Sticks, this big argument concerning Trump. Oh, why are you Trump bringing was... that up again? Man? No, no, I, no I'm, I'm bringing that up because I am curious when it comes to the kind of stage oh. that uh, people are in. Is it a matter of her legitimately feeling these particular feelings and reacting this way that's just kind of taken her? 
or do you think that this is I don't know like how would you exactly define this this kind of uh, thing that's going on with a lot of people today who are let's say in that more let's say progressive liberal side how much is it true belief versus I, them not even knowing that they're playing a particular role in saying what they're yeah. saying I don't I don't know about her in particular. My impression of her was that it was all egocentric. So, you know, if you want to get more of my thoughts on that, I did. We did do a stream. Lev was in the chat for that. So, like, it was um, in, an interesting stream. But my summary of what her behavior was like, it seemed like everything that she was doing was coming from an egocentric place rather than being like a full on true believer. Um, that was what my takeaway was. However, I do think on the other side with the left wing spectrum in general, I think it is more the case that there's a mixed bag of people. And I think a lot of naive people are being manipulated by these narcissistic, nihilistic types who really want to get their rocks off and go down the hedonism route because that's all they have, you know, that's all they care about. And obviously the logical conclusion is to get to what they perceive to be as the most pleasurable thing that they can get to, which is probably, you know, vast amounts of drugs and any kind of sex that you can get on the table so you know and they're e easing that forward and they're easing it forward in it whichever way they can and they try things and pull it back you know like you know all the time uh, until eventually it sticks and i think you know we're, we're kind of going through that and there has to be a massive pushback against it that's why i'm always pushing back against stuff like that i don't let things slide especially when it comes to like the um the kid stuff you know it that, that really bothers me and do you also think this question for you and Alex and Gio, do you think that in general there's been this trend towards infantilization of adults as well, both mm. with the uh, use of primary colors and in general having a much more controlled populace? And uh, also to follow that up, do you agree with Nietzsche that maybe the people who are going to be in this uh, VR scape, in this infantilizing VR scape, that eventually they are going to not just be robot-like, but they will be replaced by robots one piece at a time, so they will just cease to exist altogether. Hmm. Alex, do you want to take that? <laughs> so is that for me? Yes. Um, uh, do I agree with Nietzsche? <laughs> in general, I do. Uh, will they be replaced? I think... Yeah, I mean, we are, I mean, slowly being um, possessed, maybe not replaced yet, but definitely possessed by a lot of uh, um, kind of this, this this techno sphere that has a, a life of its own. I mean, uh, Zero writes about this uh, very well, and, uh, you know, it's, it's dystopian, but it's already here. Um, I, I... What was the previous question? Because I was embedded with a within a the uh, the pre well the question was not only the robotization of people but also do you notice a pattern towards people being a lot more infantile in not only how they talk but also the dress styles, the color design, just the things that people surround themselves with. If you compare, for example, like old school fashions being a lot, you know, I don't know if I should say prettier, but just being a little bit more mature. Yeah, of course. I think it's um, it's kind of infantilizing. It's kind of liberalizing as well. You know, I'm just my I'm beating this horse, you know, until the end of the show. But it's it's you know, there's everyone associates uh, childhood with uh, a time of, of of complete freedom. You know, yeah. you didn't have responsibilities. Uh, there's also kind of this. Um, 
um, imagination space of childhood where uh, you have more degrees of freedom. Like, why wouldn't you eat cereal at 4 a.m.? You know, yeah. uh, that was your dream yeah. when you were a child. They have why cereal bars. Ma- magic Magicspoon.com. Magic spoon. Okay. I'm like, <laughs> oh, I don't know if I agree with that, Alex, because when I look at those people that are like kind of given into this infantilization side of things, you know, like people who pretend to be like babies and shit like that, it seems to me to be like a cry for authority, like a cry for people to look after them that's, and be that's mothers. That's kind of the, the fringe of it, like people who are into mm. diaper wearing and stuff. I'm just talking oh. about your average donor. <laughs> you, you know, oh, right. Okay. All oh, right. 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 Average okay. redditor. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Watching Rick and Morty but, and but maybe and... but maybe there is something in the larger picture here where those people that you say, Alex, who are acting out like this, who are dying the hair, or whatever. Maybe that is a subconscious way of doing exactly what average centrist just said right now of eliciting a response of authority from somebody else to come in there and to fix their mess. Like, I don't know, uh, Gio, would you say that AJ Soprano is an example of that? Just like this spoiled kid who was just trying to reach out and get some kind of an authority. Well, which his dad partly did, but it didn't really work out for the guy. He never had a chance. Like there, yeah. AJ never had a chance because he was like Tony, but instead of Tony utilizing his own depression and anxiety towards anger and command commandeering, um, an impossible situation right in life between his mother and his father and expectations of his father aj just totally broke down into like what do the chapo people call it fail son territory right hmm. like there was this tweet the other day and it's like i mean everyone i said like it's amazing like everyone thinks that this is their unique situation when it's like really a whole generation of where it was something like um you sort of like sit alone you go days at a time without interacting with someone you uh, listen to the same fucking songs you've listened to for 20 years. You uh, dream of impossible situations that will never happen. Like, you saw that one, Lev. Um, I think, like... Yeah, well, the difference is that I dream of impossible situations that will happen. But that's... Well... I'm already, <laughs> I'm already making them happen by doing BTR. This is just the beginning, but anyway. Yeah, no map stands for non-offending map. Yeah, I know, but I mean, the fact that they label themselves to me is a whackable offense. But anyways, um, well... Fed yeah, get some concrete shoes on, lad. <laughs> yeah. I love Fed posting. Um, I think like a lot of it in one end is old as time itself, but in the other end, I feel like it's uniquely millennial pathology. Like I said this on God and Godward was in the chat. I said this on Godward's podcast a few nights ago. Like, it seems that because we're the jump off generation, where our childhood was indicative of a different epoch. And, and now that we live in like this total like digital hyper reality hellscape, I think like there's like the fact that like things like the Y2K aesthetic are so popular. There's something about this. Like, I know it's like totally like zero books, Mark Fisher fucking shit, but like there's a hauntology there of our childhoods itself as representative of the ideas of like truly like, you know, post end of history, like liberalism of the nineties where it's like, now that all con unless you you know unless you grew up in eastern europe that's different right unless you grew up in the congo right but let's say for most people that that's indicative of a time where it was like the perfect generation right like it's like everything in history just made sense but now that we have you know after the towers fell and now that sort of uh our lives are being determined by this like hyper reality machine by the abstract machine of the online where things are more slippery and things uh sway in and out of different modes and now of course being territorialized by corporations and now that's even another layer of hell i think like 
the impulse to stay like child forever or no to stay adolescence forever because that is the like golden time between the responsibility of adulthood and the freedom of childhood so it's like adolescence is extended forever right and i i think like it's very interesting how um on the one end though i would say that we are dealing with like forces that were not unique to our time like there was this great podcast um that that alex did with our good friend jeffrey schollenberger on uh the the blood queen what do they call her blood queen from Ro- in uh, romania yeah what was her name um uh, Bathory. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's funny. That's actually a great black metal band, before. Um, So, it, where, like, these those intense degrees of, like, Dissadian, like, domination and the worship of death and, and bondage and a very unique form of sexual depravity, I think, like, it, it's the, the sort of, like, like, intoxicated fantasy of nobles that, that sort of that crossed over into horrendous mythology like you had with her. It's very interesting how nowadays we see like a very like neutered proletarian version of like intense debauchery that only nobles knew back in the day. It's like, it's, it's very much like a lot of these things are a supplicant for what came primordially to the, how do, how do we know though, man. that it's just the upper class that was into a lot of this debaucherous stuff? Cause they're the ones that leave all well, the records. They were the ones that had the ability. I mean, to have like a whole army of, uh, people to whole army of slave girls to sacrifice. Sure. I mean, yeah, if we're talking know? about amounts, if we're talking about quantity instead of quality, then you're right. If we're talking quality instead of quantity, I'm not sure if point, they're equal or... Yeah, but my point is transgression is now more proletarianized than ever. And I, I don't know what you guys think of that. I think, yeah. I, go on, Alex, sorry. No, I was just saying it's, it's it's a function of technology, I think, and mostly the fact, you know, that it's... um What was that? Premium mediocre. That The fact that everyone has, you know, access to premium mediocre <laughs> yeah. uh, versions of, uh, I don't know, sex dungeons, you know. When, when you had, you know, one room at your disposal, you didn't have the available time and space to think about your sex dungeon but now with uh, with a lot of uh, excess of everything you know your your mind starts you know idle hands uh, and idle brain cells i think i'll give you an example once i was at this halloween party of this film director and he had oh, a dun- he had a dungeon <laughs> good things aren't going to come out of this still <laughs> He had a, okay, I'm not going to talk about it then. Next time. No, no, go ahead. Now you no, open up I want to hear about this. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, so he had a dungeon. So I went downstairs, and they were doing, like, you know, like the whipping. And so I said, you know what? I am curious, like, how good are they? So I decided to get, like, one whip, you know, on the behind. And I was like, you know what? This, this is nothing. You know, they're not even trying. And I knew that they weren't going to try because there was even something, yes, there was even something mediocre about the force that they were applying. I'm one of those people who was like, if you're going to make a dungeon, if you're going to whip people, you better do it right, you know? Mm. I'm I'm sure. I want my my skin flayed. Yes, I'm (laughs) sure Alexander, I'm sure Alexander Bard would agree. The cat of nine tails better have barbed wire in the tail. Get some nails in the end. I am, I am curious. I think that would be a very interesting uh, stream in the future, Alex, if you're interested to uh, go on with Alexander Bard. And talking about oh. <laughs> uh, se- uh, sex culture and things of that nature, because he is much more, let's say, pro sex worker and things of that nature. So, oh. yeah, I've I've heard one stream with him. Um, yeah, sure. I think he's he's kind of the meta meta modernism type stuff. Uh, he was like no- before them. Yeah, 
Yeah, so he has his own kind of uh, totalizing vision. So yeah, he's he's an interesting guy. I think he's a he's a liberal. I am not. So I think that's uh, that's probably the, yeah. the big here. Interesting. Sure. Yeah. And that's the kind I'm of deep st- left Jock. Are you fucking kidding me? Deep left Jock. Are you kidding? Who is Get that? Is that that sounds that sounds that sounds like that sounds like the name of a, of a mean, vampire. Jakul. Wouldn't that think... be a good vampire name? Jakul. <laughs> <would be> cool. <laughs> he would. First of all, he probably wouldn't come on. Second of all, I wouldn't be opposed to the idea. It's just I don't. I don't know. He's pretty slippery. Put it down. <laughs> well, again, the, the vampire. The vampire has to cover themselves with some kind of a lubricant to protect themselves from the sun. So no wonder. No, I meant metaphorically is... <laughs> slippery, Levin. <laughs> I didn't mean that. Like, oh my god. <laughs> Oh, why did I even bring this up? My point, my point being is that we live in a time of everything. It seems everything's a humiliation ritual nowadays. I and I think like yeah, even the including fact that, BTR. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I'm, yeah. <laughs> but um. By the way, I do have a talking? I do have a question. Hold on, I have a question for Average Centrist and Alex. Um, do you think uh, there is hope for liberalism? Can liberalism be saved? Go. Uh, start with Alex liberalism can be saved um n- not in its current form uh only if you bastardize it beyond recognition <laughs> so <laughs> if you have for example if you say okay we're gonna make uh, a a state cult out of the year 1992 and you just nail it down and have you know delicious <laughs> imposing the law of 1992 uh, <laughs> That is it. That is the amber uh, encased state of 1992. French Prince of Bel Air is on is on TV forever, and that is it. That's, that's how you wow. save liberalism. That is how you save it. Actually, yeah, I agree with that. Uh, <laughs> but I, I would say Andy Savage the only way is a champion. Yeah, bring him, bring back Randy Savage. Um, but yeah, he's but, dead. Uh, well, bring him back anyway. We got cloning <laughs> techniques. Um, well, Jay Lethal uh, did do a bit where he was pretending to be Randy Savage. That was pretty cool. We can bring it was back close. It was about as close as we're gonna get. <laughs> we can bring back Randy Savage. We can bring back Chris Benoit and his entire family. <laughs> oh, oh, no. oh, okay. Um, oh that could be like a tag team thing. Chris Benoit versus his entire family, zombies. You know. Oh like, god! <laughs> just stop. <laughs> but it's only. Oh, but it has god. to be like Wild Pegasus Benoit when he was in New Japan. That was well. I'm gonna say Anyways. just to be a little bit more serious. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Say... Hold on. My wild Pegasus is the is the horse of. I don't even know if he had a daughter, but if he had a daughter, she'd ride Wild Pegasus, a zombie horse with wings who would just like hoof hoof attack Chris Benoit. What the fuck? Stop it! Stop. <laughs> anyway, Stream's running off the rails. Average centrist. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm gonna try and be uh, serious for a second. Apparently, his think... son wants to be a wrestler now and like use his name. But... <laughs> wait, really? wait. Uh, his son yeah. is alive. Risky, but. He had an older son with another woman. Ah. Like, yeah. (laughs) Bit of a risky one, one, I would say. But um, I think the only way you can really save liberalism is if there's any dedication to principle and to truth. Otherwise, it's just completely pointless trying to save it. If there's no dedication to that, then you're fucked. I guess what the... is true, my friend? That's where. That's where the. Well, I mean, we can yeah, we can like say that we can say that all we want, but that that attitude is literally like what is the downfall of every single system altogether? Like you know, it's it's just like if unless we're dedicated to finding whatever kind of reality or truth is. I mean, obviously, it can be appropriated or perhaps have a bias to it or something. I still think, though, that like the pursuit of that is is going to be what saves any system, regardless of whether it's liberalism or not. 
um, that that's going to be the crux of it. I mean, if it, if if we're all just dedicated to not giving a fuck and not having principles and not having any of this stuff and not caring what the real truth is of anything, then um, yeah, every every system you want to put in place is going to be fucked. Yeah, I've, you know what? I think every every system believes it has truth. Um, mm. In the end, it, it kind of it kind of has to. That's kind of where it gets its coherence. That's where it gets its legitimacy. Um, yeah, I think you know every system will try to get truth. I think that the problem with having a system where the principle is we're constantly in the pursuit of truth is that it is prone to corruption by people who have very different ideas about what truth is, uh, and they you know say they're going to be hunting for truth while they're actually pursuing political goals and railroading mm -hmm. whatever. Yeah, yeah. no, that's true. Same, but the same yeah. could be said for any system too. Instead of pursuing truth, they'd be pursuing a particular uh, lifestyle that they would encourage everybody to have while doing something completely different behind the scenes as well as having it be more of a facade as opposed to actually pursuing that uh, policy. Like I mean, that, as long like as long as the system perpetuates itself, as long as it's you know relatively healthy, that's kind of the only compromise you can have. You know, the elites will do what the elites will do, as long as you know the the uh, the, the mainstream, the core ideology of the regime is is healthy enough to to make things work in reality, to to facilitate social trust, to make the trains run on time, to not you know get people fired for crazy reasons, you know, uh, because you know there's a shifting ideology that no one can keep. Up up with um i think that's that's the only compromise you can have i think uh so there's no well, perfect regime that's the, for sure well the only compromise i'd say there is to and again this is just my personal uh, grievance here with a lot of these more authoritarian minded systems not the only personal grievance but a big one i'd say is just allow people who want to participate in your system the chance to do so you know what i mean like instead of basically saying that we're going to make you take this much harder test as opposed to taking the regular test because you happen to be from this uh, particular tribe or whatever, as was done in imperialist Russia. I think shit like that ends up causing a backlash, which makes things, uh, you know, take the ugly form that it uh, does. And it's just stupid. I don't see any reason for having those particular well, yeah, but then you stipulations let in. People in and... Yeah, let yeah. the people in who want to participate as opposed to those who then end up wrecking your entire shit because they felt like they never even were given the chance to begin with. Yeah, I think I think that's, you know, exit rights and all that stuff. Yeah, that's for sure an, an important, you know, access and exit rights, an important part of it. Um, but at the same time, I think the test has to be proportional with the propensity of the group to integrate, you know, because if, you know, if you give someone who's Canadian a test, uh, you know, a very basic test of getting in the U.S. because, you know, these are very compatible cultures, it's a different thing from giving it to someone from Eritrea, you know. You know, if, yeah. if it's like a five-point test, you know, do you you know, speak X and Y, you know, it's, it's just a different type of um, burden of proof for sure. someone who's from a very foreign culture. But that's, I think, you know, that's... Yeah, well, the, the only thing I'd say for uh, half of my ancestors is the one thing that they never, ever said was, hey, this test is too hard. You know what I mean? I wonder why, Lev. Exactly. Any but anyway... That joke landed flat. Anyways... <laughs> <laughs> Atlanta flat well, because Lev, you, know you would truth. know about subversion. I mean, that was no. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding Lev. No, again, like no, I, I like I always that... say, everybody's gonna find a niche to uh, fill, and if not one group, there's going to be someone else who would be more than no, willing to well, fill yeah, any that's, niche. That's true, but I think like a society that is, I think, cohesive enough can maybe tolerate on the fringes a certain number of people who would be more 
um i like i know subversive is a buzzword but like let's say they can tolerate a sufficient amount of difference before the sort of like pliable band snaps and sort of the social order is challenged I think like, but we we may be misunderstanding ourselves here because I'm, no, not, ta- I'm not talking the... about the kind of difference. I'm talking about difference as far as origin, as far as skin color, as far as any of those characteristics. No, that's what I'm talking about as well. But I'm saying like, I'm not talking about problem... difference as far as how you act. I expect people to be on the same page as far as the level no, no, of but uh, I mean, like, the level of culture they're at. No, I know, I know. I mean, difference in general. I think like, um, the problem, the reason people are so sort of like rigid nowadays is rigid nowadays is because um we've gone so far away from what we known as you know european largely european civilization to the point where we don't have time for a lot of those sort of considerations at least in my opinion um it seems that the the window by which we can change the course of things is growing ever more shut and it's like Mm. I, I don't want to be. Totally I, I'd argue. I'd argue. Most of us, a lot of us, have nothing but time. It's more about how we use the time. I think that's the one of the biggest dangers today. I think Alex, you'd agree with me here, is that people do have a sufficient amount of me time, but it's how they end up spending that me time, how they end up being just drained and useless noise. That that's something that ends up killing off a good percentage of the soul. Yeah, yeah, for sure. On a personal level, I think um, kind of because of that, you know, you're also like, like Gio said, you know, the, the possibilities for the political are dwindling as well. You know, people people are very far away from being active participants in the political process, you know, democracy. And even even if it if it works, it's it's a very faint uh, mechanism to for, for participation. Um, and then people just you know, play act politics online yeah. uh, and they engage in it as in, it's like, I don't know, game, gamified politics. Um, and they're not really affecting anything. So um, I think, you know, there just, there has to be com- complete detachment from the current system. Just starve it. I, I don't really yeah. see the other way, you know, starve the institutions, starve everything you can see, completely decentralized, get your own money, get your own everything. Mm. Um, and uh, start building something bottom up. That's the only way mm. yeah. anything ever worked. So, speaking about bottom up, I have to ask this. And I'm only <laughs> oh, asking God. because it's ZHP, and if it was literally anyone else, I'd never ask. Yeah, any this is Geo. I just saw Geo, that in the chat. As this well. is Geo kissing the ring. That's that's what. Yeah, this is. I have to. Yes, <laughs> Peter Field demanded I have to kiss the ring to my higher ups. So, um, Alex, what do you think about a man playfully? unharmingly almost lovingly uh subordinating the wife with uh some spanking what do you th- that's what everyone was wondering here i have a feeling that's not how zero phrased it was yeah it? i know I'm, of course not um spanking domestic domestic violence that's you know that's how people ex- describe it nowadays um <laughs> nowadays <laughs> nowadays these crazy liberals they're talking about domestic violence when in fact <laughs> Um, I, I think, you know, there is, there's probably a role for some level of, um, physical aggression in a relationship. Oh, oh, it's going to get clipped by someone. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Yeah, go, go ahead. Come on. Come on. Obviously, 
you know, Ugh. I'm not talking about, you know, the, the 1960s films where, you know, uh, what was it? There's this New Zealand film, Once Were Warriors, where the guy just, you know, sends, yeah. his, uh, sends his wife to the hospital and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Exactly One of these I'm... days, Alice. One of these days. Yeah, yeah. Make me some eggs, woman. <laughs> straight straight to England. the moon. <laughs> joking about that. Yeah, exactly. It's it's the New Zealand version of, of Alice. So um, it's it's a tricky one because essentially you would – I feel like you know the, that level of of communication kind of comes in if everything if there's a failure in the relationship. I really don't think that you know in past generations you know women were were beaten to a pulp every day by their husbands. I think that was a dysfunction that happened. I know in Romania, yeah. that, you know, it was, you know there were a few families in every neighborhood where that was a problem. Um, they were typically the more dysfunctional people that paired up together. So there was alcoholism and stuff like that happening in these relationships as well. Um, I don't think it was a sign of health for the relationship, um, but also I don't think you know it's it's a divorcing matter if that were to happen. If someone slaps. It someone. depends. Yeah. Yeah, it depends. I don't know. I don't think it's it should be. I don't think like you know Quran rules are necessarily a very good system. That's you know that uh, reflects a certain. Like it doesn't have to be like Christopher Maltesanti level, like pimp slapping Adriana and like fucking dragging her by the neck out of the house like that's kind of yeah, that's a bit much i think but yeah. i think also maybe the sopranos also kind of gives you mm. a, a shine a light on a certain segment that's not necessarily you know exemplary even for the italian american community yeah. so although, yeah, although um, no but that's pretty common like mm. you flip out like you yell at each other you smash but it is it is a very ups, you know it like, is a very tricky subject pretty, because then yeah like whenever it gets brought up you know i always think of my mom and like you think of your mom like all of your moms, you know, and imagine if that was something that was normalized, what exactly would happen? Not saying specifically that your dads would, but in general, just this idea that that would be something in society that yeah. in some life your mom yeah, would experience. Yeah, but oftentimes with Italians, it's the other way around. Like the woman is the one who's fucking giving it out, you know? Like, Got the roller pins out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's, you know, there's kind of slap fights. I, oh, <laughs> yeah. I admit, like I've I've had one relationship in my past where I've been in a slap fight. You know, it's you know <laughs> Romania is tough, guys. So it's uh, it happens. Yeah. Um, I, I, I would imagine Romania that... would be more like the fangs start coming out and uh, you, you know the. Uh... <laughs> oh my yeah. God, love! Just stop! Just stop! I want you to drink the blood of Jesus. Drink, stop. drink stop. it all. <laughs> okay, no. Oh no, god. No, I think like I mean You know where that's from by the way? Your woman, like if you're fucking punching her in the face and yeah. shit. That's like there's something wrong with yeah. you, but like a light slap on the ass, I don't know. Like that's uh, G I, G I, G Geo, Geo, do you know where that's from? That's that's from, that's uh, from landoverbaptist.org. There was an audio clip of them. It said, like, <laughs> secret recording of the Pope during Mass. And went, I want you to drink the blood of Jesus. <laughs> That's like the American, like, evangelical, like, anti-papist, like, Roman's the whore of Babylon type stuff. That's yeah, exactly. How, yeah, but how, how did that no, thing I don't go know. Like, the, domestic uh... violence is kind of like, I don't know. I don't know what to say about it. It's a, you know, it's a sort of dysfunction, obviously. Like, it's, it's, it's clearly, yeah, it's clearly a dysfunction. Yeah, um, yeah. Like, I, don't... I, I think, like, I think, a, I think, if I think you're a, a good man, way to put it. Like, like oh, if on, you're sorry. blowing your, st sorry, cut you off. But like, no, if sorry. you're a man and you're blowing your stack at your woman all the time, I think like there's something wrong there. But I think like once in a while, when you get so heated in the moment and like, I don't know, you fucking throw a glass at the, at the wall. Like, I mean, that's, 
that's like everyday reality for us Italians. You know what I mean? Like it's, they yell at you, you yell at them. I don't know. It's like yeah. yelling's one thing, but I think if you like beating women and stuff like that, I yeah, think that's it's, different. It's yeah. like to me, it's like if the end result of giving in to hedonism is um, like a nihilistic kind of pedophilic urge then the end result of giving in to um, complete anger and stuff like that is like beating women or like beating your children and shit like that. I'll yeah. never forget that one tweet. Um, it's like so legendary now, but it was this one like cam girl and this guy responded. I think it may have been, I want to say it was either mutant on Twitter or it may have been like someone like uh like menace i forget it said like uh you your face has like that irish physiognomy that could like that's perfect for like multiple years oh, of domestic violence remember that one? Oh god <laughs> like that's oh. terrible that shit's terrible oh god just iron faced someone could find that tweet and post it in the i'll chat. have to leave soon as well with my it's, well guys it's, then i yeah. think i think we're gonna be concluding right now i just want to say once again Thank you, everybody, for watching. Look at these watching. fucking people in the chat. Look at this. Um, <laughs> like, uh, Alex is committing infidelity. <laughs> Alex is, does your husband allow, listen, uh, does her husband allow her on live streams? I, I'm going to fucking red pill, I'm going to black pill you right now. Alex's husband set up her fucking gamer rig over there, her live stream gamer rig. So that, that's even more of a black pill, fellas. Not only does your husband condone this, she he set up her live Wait, her is live Alex's stream. husband on Twitter? No, no, he isn't. He's not. Oh, a, thank that's God. good. Yeah. Not a personality. No. <laughs> yes. Personality in, in our home, but a uh, very, very private guy. Mm. <laughs> So uh so I hate to black pill the chat that way, but not only does he consent to this, he set up her her gamer rig over there. Alright, Gio, may the Christian oh. Lord guide my hand against your Roman por popery and allow me to finish this stream. Here we go. Oh. So patreon.com slash break the rules, become a member today, or become a patron today. We are gonna do we're gonna do two debate streams on Patreon only coming up. Number one uh, average centrist, you're going to be teaming up with uh, Jules's friend who was on our Discord. Who was, you know, who I'm talking about? Oh, um, that guy. I'm t I'm not teaming up with Gorbachev, am I? No, no, against him. Oh, against him. Good. Yeah. All oh, right. I was going to say. <laughs> yes. Gor what is that guy right. about Gorbachev? What is Gorbachev? I don't know. Uh, average centrist. How would what you... he is about? He seems to be like. I all I'm going to say is that he seems to be uh, media programmed. That's what I oh, would okay, say. there you go. Yes. And then what's the other debate left? You know what the other one is, Geo. Oh, come on. I thought that was a joke. <laughs> I don't have to actually do that. No, I've never been more serious in my damn life, Geo. You're going to do it. Oh, it's not going to be good. Yes, it will I, be. I'm slowly getting him over to red pilling him on a certain question, but I oh, guess God. like that debate would destroy it. No, for those who don't know, Lev wants me to debate my own father about the <laughs> fucking state of Israel. <laughs> Okay, and, we gotta, and we got to bring in uh, easy peasy as a referee as a oh, god <laughs> so those are patreon exclusives um the way we could have an, an encyclopedia dramatica article about the whole whole thing it would give oh, us god. give us good press well Fa father versus son so anyway <sighs> Um, so tomorrow we are gonna. Oh yeah, Patreon first. Okay, so twenty dollar patronage is going to give you a lot of beautiful uh, uh, magnets 
wooden magnets from my father, Alexander Polyakov. They are beautiful. Oh, all right. Alex, take care. Please follow Alex on Twitter at Kashuta, K-A-S-C-H-U-T-A. Patreon. Is it Patreon, Alex? Yes. Yeah, I've got a Patreon. Subversive woman who keeps telling people to exit has a Patreon. (laughs) So, yeah. Follow the Subversive Podcast. That's right. To get get, uh, early audio of all of the streams and our YouTube channel. So thank you, Alex, my good friend. Thank you once again. As always, please come back. We're going to set you up with either Alexander Bart or some other liberal. I don't know. Well, so <laughs> thank you very much. Okay, my thank friend. you. So thank you. you good one. This is the uh, BTR matchmaking stream. This is how and follow my YouTube channel. That's right. I just came out yesterday. Well, I have a few Patreon, uh, not Patreon. I have a few. Well, I might come out with a Ko-Fi soon. But uh, I have a Odyssey exclu- two Odyssey exclusives. One is about Rittenhouse. Um, it was just basically the salt mine stream. Another is about um, coming out with another one about some like Vice incel thing. But I have another one about YouTube demon- getting rid of the like uh, button. But no, on my YouTube channel, I released number six of uh, Style Talks podcast. Me and Matthew the, Matthew the Stout where we talk about art and aesthetics mostly, but this is different where we're not like critiquing cringe. Although I'm going to announce for the first time, me and Matthew are planning a very special style talk episode just in time for Christmas, Christmas present. We're going to be talking about neoliberal catch together. Mm. It's going to be very spicy, but this episode is a change of pace. We are going song for song, lyric for lyric through the ISIS album Panopticon. Uh, so those of you who are metalheads out there in particular, you're going to love this one. We talk about Foucault, Agamben, uh, the state of like modern metal music. It's really interesting and fascinating. Me and him, we both grew up with the band Isis. Um, so that's really interesting. It's almost three hours of content. Nice. Uh, it's amazing. So yeah, other than that, Patreon uh, for Break the Rules. Yeah, $30 the gives $30 you a level. Geo's beautiful prints. And, uh, One of five. Yes, and fifty dollars. If they're small, I'll give you two. And fifty dollars uh, is going to give you a beautiful uh, wooden sculpture. Well, it'll give you a custom magnet if you want that, or if you are a fan of Sticks Hex and Hammer Six Six Six, who is coming back with Jonathan Peugeot uh, later on in uh, December. But he may also come in earlier as well in December. I'm not going to reveal what that is yet because I don't want to jinx it. But uh, we'll see what happens. By the who, way, uh, Sticks. Yes, Sticks and somebody else who I'm not going to name right now so you're just gonna have to wait and see but but over here okay one of the people who we are gonna have coming up um in a couple of weeks is uh josh lecatch and uh check out this uh little video that he did this is a shop in uh, venice uh, beach california weird let's see hello because it still says that we're streaming right now not really sure what's yeah i see your hello in the yeah yeah, well, it, it goes into the chat over here. Uh, Did see. you put that in through the YouTube chat or no? Through uh, the OBS chat. Like when I oh. when I like. Oh yeah, yeah, we're live. It. We're live. There we go. You get you guys see us right? We're live. Okay, so this is going to be our conclusion. I wish. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, it jumped over. Okay, we're live now. Yeah. Wow. Damn. Apparently, apparently that uh, that works. So that's good for yeah. me to know. So I just had to close. Just in case shit fucks up. So. Yeah, for the for the future. Yeah, so I just had to close OBS and open it back up again. So, so what what's happening? I, I was watching the sticks 
video about the guy that ran people over. They they, oh, yeah. they oh, yeah. tried to say that they tried to say that uh, Andy No was like lying about that was bullshit. The guy clearly was uh, some kind of uh, black uh, radical. I don't know. He's pretty into it. It seems like yeah. yeah. It's just one of them where it's like even if he was just tangentially um, attributed to like say a right wing group like by throwing up an OK sign, people would be running wild calling him a fucking white supremacist. Yeah. But when he's like deep in the source of like fucking black nationalism or whatever, it's like oh whoa, 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 uh... what are we trying to insinuate here? <laughs> it's like come on. Wait, Jim wants on. Who wants? Who is Jim? Jim wants on. Um, no, oh, but it's yeah, not the, gym the guy. I'm like just because, like I, I don't know. Like it seems. Love, do you got your camera working or no? I'm uh trying my best. Hold on, I gotta figure this out. Don't worry about me. You can you can hear my audio. All right, for just for the future, like it's if you have to like take your camera off, for you know, in order for the stream, then that's all right. No, but, um, no, it has nothing to do. I don't think it has anything to do with my camera. Why the stream went oh. down. But uh, but anyway, and I do want to go to super chats as well. Yeah, after that this doesn't particular... make any sense. Yeah, it wouldn't be your camera. Yeah. Yeah, right. Mr. Medicare wants on bullshit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he'll make us famous the way he made other people. Wouldn't it? Yeah, Daddy Jim, Daddy Jim. Um, no, I I don't see. <laughs> Everyone says that. I think it's a meme now. Like Miss, like Jim wants on, because like there's been like a few like Kino ibs moments where like jim people like jim wants on then he like for example he like fucking destroyed that amoc that was pretty funny like i mean i have criticisms of the current incarnation of jim but i think like when he was at his heyday his peak like uh he like like there's moments where it's like jim wants to come on and then he comes on a live stream just totally destroys people and then uh jim wants on check twitter Fuck! Fuck off, fallen student. You're fucking. <laughs> yeah, on. I'm just. You are going What's to. Going you're forcing me to go to Twitter to check his fucking account, which I believe is quarantine coof. And uh, is he got cancer or something? Apparently, he has cancer. Yeah, That's why he. So. He's much people. He's like older. He's like in his forties than what people. Um, he's got like one of those chronic like lymphoma type cancers um cor- i thought it was related to smoking because he's a smoker yeah it's got something it's like a uh something to do i think that's related to like his push for the uh blackstreet boys world tour that's probably why um man all right how the, would, i can't the cam- spell the quarantine. camera's back sort of i think i'm back now there we go you guys don't see me but i see you but uh <laughs> <laughs> but but anyway <laughs> I wanted to uh, actually. I mean, I could make like a virtual stream, whatever of me, but I'm too tired for that shit right now. I want to go to super chats, and then we are going to end. Look, this. look at his tweet. Yes. Look at his tweet. He just put out. They're absolutely seething, ass blasted. About wait, let me let me go here. They're absolutely fucking seething, ass blasted about Andy No right now. The amount of ass blasted blue check marks is sort of surreal. Him reporting on the parade parade massacre has made them incredibly mad. <laughs> My white privileges trending no justice no be Yeah, that's what they're gonna do. They're gonna justify it and say that this guy was either running from evil uh racist police people. Um 
MS, MSM mainstream media literally out t uh, t there targeting people, reporting on a guy that ran over 50 people. Rem uh, this is fucking Yeah, they, they already tried that, Geo. They already yeah. tried to say that he was running from like a, a crime scene, like and he was, was being shot or something. Yeah, yeah, no, it's absolutely bullshit. He did it on purpose, 100%. Remember to report the street is misleading, political disinformation. Listen, I'm not the biggest <laughs> fan of Candace Owens. But that's like fuck you, Keith Oberman. You're such a you like go back to fucking 2008 when you had any sort of relevance. You fucking yeah, uh, old smackhead. And wait, <laughs> I remember in Catholic school, one of the in insults was Mama Luke. You Mama Luke. Yeah, yeah. Mama. Yeah, that means like a stupid or like yeah. um I, I forget the exact oh that was a unit in uh, uh i was about to say heroes too that was a unit at age of empires to the age of kings do you remember yeah oh yeah so it was yeah it was <laughs> good oh, game man. oh before we get to the super chat i was a wrestler too tony mamaluke in mm, ecw nice okay before i get to the super chats uh we are going to oh oh we are also going to have Let's see, uh, James James Cunningham, Glass Cake, joining us tomorrow, as well as Nina Paley, Mass Bastard, and we are also going to have Glink, and we are going to have Slush joining us tomorrow for the uh, Turkey t And that's not all. We may have some surprise guests. I don't want to tell you who they are yet, but we are also going to have the following. Okay. Give so me a tip. Give me a hint. No, no, because it would, because I, I don't know if they may, maybe they're not going to be there, but maybe they will, so I'm not going to say it right now. I don't want to. I don't want to overpromise. I don't want to over over deliver. I just want to give like a slight indication right. that something's going down. Anyway, Tuesday, November thirtieth, we are gonna have Jason Stapleton on. Who, if you guys don't know who he is, he's this big libertarian guy who's all about self sufficiency and uh, making making a lot of money. And uh, uh, what was it? Wealth, power, and influence. That's what his uh, podcast is called. So I'm looking forward to becoming wealthier, more powerful, and more influential after speaking with him. Then we are going to have Josh Lakash, who I mentioned uh, before. He is going to be coming on Thursday, December 2. And uh, he, has a, um, he has a show called The Wrong Opinion on Patreon. How do you spell that? Uh, L... L-E-K-A-C-H. There are 74 other people who are following him. So, Gio, if you're not following Oh, him, I know this guy. I mean, I've seen him around, but I've never... Oh, man, yeah, I've seen this guy. He fucking uh, landed the interview with... Um, Sam Hyde. The... Yeah, Sam Hyde, but that general, oh. uh, the, the Trump general, what's his name? Oh, uh, oh Flynn. Yeah, yeah, that was mm. yeah, that was a good one. And we are also um, going to have Catherine Brodsky joining us for that one. So I'm very excited about that. And we are going to have a much-requested guest coming in uh, on December 9th, Lord Miles Routledge. Lord, who is that? He's the guy who was in Afghanistan, the British guy. Remember the British student who was in Afghanistan? No fucking way, really? Yes. You're not fucking with me, are you? No. Here, I'll show you the DM. Oh, my God. Does he have a Twitter? Yeah, he does have a Twitter. Here's oh, my yeah, God. He's like super Christian now as well, apparently. Yeah, so, Gio, you, you'd like <laughs> that. Oh, my God. Oh, oh. How do you spell his last name? Uh, well, it's uh, the Twitter Real account is the Twitter account is Lord Viscont. So V is it M S V S C O N T E. And again, just to prove to you that I'm not full of shit, although I do not have to, because you should already take it by uh, honor. So here is just the uh, DM. Oh my God, Lord Mouse! Holy fuck! Whoa! <laughs> nice. 
I went to Afghanistan holiday. Wow. All right, Holy here. Crap. Here, look. Here. Here's the DM. 3 p.m. Few, look at his pin tweet. I had a few models and porn stars and OnlyFans people DM yeah. me asking to hook up. Here's one example. I wish them all the best, but deny premarital sex. It isn't Christian based. I regret all sex. I regret all sexual encounters I've ever had in my atheist days. Waiting till this is gonna be a fucking fire interview right here. We're gonna talk about uh, uh I don't know uh white Sharia pan Arabism. Uh, that's man, that's crazy. Oh, Anyways, Lord. and that is why Catherine Brodsky is coming in there to balance things out. And Avert Centrist, I would love for you to come in as well if you can. Wait, is it the same stream or different streams? Same stream. That's gonna be three p.m. Oh, okay. I, I don't know. I think maybe we oh, wait, should wait. have them on. Oh, wait, sorry. So, no, uh, no. Catherine Brodsky is not coming in for that one. Sorry. C Catherine Brodsky is coming in for um, uh, the other one that we're going to have. Lakash. Yeah, yeah. Lakash. But, uh, uh, but uh, Average Centrist, please come in Man. for that one. I need some I need some backup here when it comes to... Uh... <laughs> uh, I mean, I'll, I'll, uh, I'm just more interested in his experiences and what led him to go from atheist. Because I'm pretty sure he was atheist when he went over to Afghanistan. So obviously mm. something must have happened to him that made him more seem more Christian now. So um, it'd be interesting to get that story and see what's going on there. Absolutely, it will. All right, guys. And uh, that is not all. We are also going to have later on... Let's see... We are going to have, well, I already mentioned the uh, Sticks and Peugeot, and we are also going to have Tishrei on. That is going to be Tuesday, December 14th. So that is what is coming up right now. But I really appreciate all the suggestions that people have been giving out. What I recommend you do is you join our Discord server. I'm going to post a link to that Discord server right now in the chat. So in the Discord server, you're going to see a little thing with a frog there called Guest request get it because like the frogs re you know so guest request if you go over there give us suggestions for who you want to see on btr but the uh, stipulations are that they have to be a very big person as far as we need to get more viewers we got to grow this thing and we grow it thanks to your help patreon.com slash break the rules that is how you become a patron did you say glink is on tomorrow at the same time as me i love that guy yes glink may be yeah. coming in a little bit later and nina paley's also going to be coming in a little bit later but uh he should be there so anyway on to super chats so we have for the very first time well, yes I, I was serious we gotta find a way to get nina power on that's top priority right for me yes Nina Power and Nina Paley. I think that would be a good stream, too. Anyway, oh I, what, do you think they disagree or agree? I mean, No, Nina... they'd agree with a lot, I think. that, that mm. would, Yeah, yeah, two Ninas. The yes. Nina Power Hour. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, over here we got, uh, for the first time in BTR history, 15 shekels. I, we actually got oh some shekels God. from oh Etienne Marx. Fuck. Turf feminism is based on the same liberal individualism that birthed the trans movement. Aren't their principles causing what seeks to destroy them? Wait, what, repeat the question? Turf feminism is based on the same liberal individualism that birthed the trans movement. Aren't their principles causing what seeks to destroy them? Uh, yeah, in some respect. I, I, would, I would imagine that yes, in some respect, but the turf feminists... What they are ironically doing is still trying to hold on to their womanhood and their female status, while also trying to simultaneously deny it in many different ways well, they, through their they, radical feminism. Yeah, they they seem to still retain like, which I think is probably nowadays the sort of more anti-liberal position, which is 
at least holding on nominally to a form of essentialism. So I think that's probably, yeah, that's, that's obviously a positive development, but then for the other things, I think they still hold on to a lot of like sacred cows of individual autonomy. Um, I think like, but of course, like no, like one turf is alike, obviously. Hmm. Um, well, Jeff, yeah. Jeff, Geo, <laughs> I'm going to call you Jeff now. Just imagine having Jeff. <laughs> that's a good peanut butter brand. Just imagine having turf Island. So Geo, imagine just having all these turf mommy GFs oh. everywhere around you. That would nice. be that would be quite the experience, and we have Sounds another like a nightmare. <laughs> Sounds like a fucking nightmare. Yeah, that's true. It's that's like, it's like true. that Louis Louis C.K. joke about like not girls gone wild, but imagine if it was women gone wild. You know, you get a different oh, uh, mental man. picture in your head. So uh, you know, like uh, it's like imagine, yeah, somebody's... it's like it's one of those things you entertain, like uh, ooh, base turf GF, but then I don't know. That's yeah anyways anyway moving on moving on yeah it reminds me of this song this rap song uh i mean it's supposed to mean two hard motherfuckers but the song is somebody titled it two hard mothers so anyway i'm not gonna i'm not gonna get into this you know scissor me timbers well, and they all, trans all that. by any chance no so. scissor me timbers <laughs> oh, anyway uh we have another one from etienne marks 15 shekels also geo wokey pokey is a better term than fauci ouchy well, yeah, that's good work. Yeah, yeah that could work. You do the wokey pokey and you turn yourself Turf's around. Turf's gone wild. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's fucking funny. Is ZHP still in the chat? Because, like, a lot of people, I shouldn't even bring this up. I'm going to probably get heebie-jeebies from this. But, like, a lot of people, I remember, they, they like, desperately wanted Rad Femme Hitler to, like, look ugly. And, uh, but no, like, in real life, like, she hasn't doxed her face, but, like, like she's had, you know, uh, like she's had uh, images of herself and uh, she's not like, she actually looks like an attractive woman, which is kind of fucking crazy because it's like the desperate hope is that she's like some hideous, obese cow that's like, you know, bitter. And so, but it's kind of funny how like it kind of subverts people's expectations of what a turf is, especially such a prolific turf, turf poster as Radfim Hitler. Like, um, I don't know. It's really weird. Anyways, go ahead, Lev. I don't know the point I was making with that. I just think it's funny. Like, it's yeah, like, every, like I remember ZHP posted this picture of this, like, obese black woman from Tinder. And it's like. So, uh, Sir Mittens <laughs> over here uh, says, imagine the, br- imagine the bravery it takes for women to even go on this stream. <laughs> I know, I know. Imagine, That's imagine true. that. So Tux loves you. Five dollars. Thank you so much, Tux. Who says here's some sneed with which to feed? Thank you very much, Tux. And uh, fi- another one from Tux loves you. Read my sneed. Already read. Thank you so much for the sneed. Read my sn- feel. <laughs> yes. Read my sneed. Feel my sneed. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so I think uh, I-, I think we're pretty much done. But uh, there was something that I was remembered to. Let's see if I could find it over here. Uh, let's see. I'm going to search for it right now really quickly if it's going to come up. Oh, uh, hold on. Um, you remember? <laughs> okay. Uh, hold on. I'm real, I'm real sneeded off right now. Uh, let's see. I am almost there. I just have to find. Man, I am not. Oh, okay. Damn it. Damn it. Okay, hold on. Uh, women seduce me in their homes i'm looking for the translation of the rap lyrics hold on 
One second. There is a what the fuck? Biggie Smalls <laughs> trap. By the way, everybody subscribe. All right. What are your thoughts about the world experiencing a Fourth Reich at the moment? Is there a Fourth Reich right now? I don't. This is the fakest and gayest Fourth Reich ever. Well, is this? It, why Fourth Reich? Does he mean the lockdown situation? Hmm. Oh, like... maybe I don't know. All right, here I found it. This is oh. one of my. Uh, this is one of my favorites. So this is a translation into proper English of the notorious B.I.G. song "One More Chance" remix from his album "Ready to Die," and it goes like this. As a general rule, I perform deviant sexual acts with women of all kinds, including but not limited to those with very limited intellect, nude magazine models, and prostitutes. I particularly <laughs> enjoy sexual encounters with the latter group as they are generally disappointed in the fact that they only receive penile intercourse and nothing more, unless, of course, they uh, douche on a consistent basis. Although my, I am extremely unattractive, I am able to engage in these type of sexual acts with some regularity. Perhaps my sexuality is somehow related to my fancy and expensive jewelry. Uh, I enjoy playing my music loudly on my car stereo. Apparently, women also enjoy this because they become sexually aroused when they hear me driving. Oddly enough, when I visit the Native American reservations, some of the more sexually promiscuous Indian women attempt to seduce me in their homes. Their intent is to divest me of my earnings. Such actions are unacceptable. Understand this fact. You have neither my money nor my weapons. I suggest that you inform your peers that we engaged in violent sexual acts. Currently, I am rapping with my associates, the Junior Mafia. I'm having some difficulty understanding why you refuse to approach me. I am attempting to make eye contact with you through my expensive glasses, and as soon as you respond with a smile, I will approach you. I prefer to open the conversation with light banter about my wardrobe and jewelry. Then I like to discuss my collection of expensive cars. This is more than enough to convince you to have sexual intercourse with me. I am able to insert my penis further into you when I enter you from behind. Furthermore, <laughs> you will be able to reach orgasm. I understand this to be a problem Aww. with your current sexual partner he needn't be concerned about your whereabouts please phone him and inform him that you won't be home for a while by the way please sing the chorus of the song for me also your current love interest no longer wishes to hear your fabrications about the length of your member after i had sexual intercourse with your woman she became enlightened as to the proper way it is supposed to be performed violently and immorally it would be in your best interest to keep your woman away from me, as my sexual prowess is very strong. If you are unconvinced, ask Puff Daddy. Despite the fact that you attempted to win her doorstep with bags full of expensive clothes and a car, the lower-end model Mercedes-Benz which you financed by signing over your current vehicle, containing an expensive stereo and a cellular phone, your woman has contacted me through my pager, man, the date on this, indicating that we should rendezvous at midnight. You, on the other hand, jump from job to job, barely able to maintain payments on the Mercedes-Benz you purchased for your woman. Meanwhile, I continue to engage in sexual intercourse and commit lewd, auxiliary acts with your woman. My only remaining option is to request that she leave my home and return to you because I have reached orgasm and no longer have a need for her presence. The ultimate decision rests with you. Whom do you choose as your sexual partner? I can take you on cruises around the world. I will dress you in the finest jewelry and footwear. You will be envied by women worldwide in your fine clothes and jewelry. There is a special place in my heart for beautiful women. I will defeat your man in an ulceration because he is effeminate. You will be dressed in the finest clothes on the runway of Paris. I will fly you to every state to shop for fine clothes and jewelry. You will enjoy sexual intercourse with me, and your man will be forced to pleasure himself through manual stimulation. What a life! 
I'll return you to LaGuardia. Cup chair. I'll, exactly. I'll return you. Uh, I'll shout out to Doity Boy in his uh, uh, hotel cook chair. Oh, what man. a life. I'll return you to LaGuardia in time to catch your 8 o'clock flight. The timing is perfect because I have a scheduled date with a second woman who arrives at the same gate at 9 o'clock. I'll seduce her in the same way I seduced you. I rap well and am a positive reflection of my hometown. Not only am I a sexually deviant, misogynistic, immoral, wealthy male prostitute, by a, but, I, but I also sit on the board of directors of the organization that governs others of my kind. Is that it? Well, the NAACP. So that's, <laughs> that's a literal <laughs> translation of uh, Biggie Smalls's uh, "One More Chance" remix from his album "Ready to Die." I think that it's, sounds it's, about right, actually. It's kind of like. <laughs> It's kind of like all. It's kind of like I don't know. If the first few stanzas, it's clever and interesting, but then after a while, it's like I don't know. It, it just drops into aut autism. Uh, I don't. Know. Speaking of autism, Tux lo uh, loves you. Mentioned Alfred Alfer. Yeah, we were talking before about what's uh, what exactly is going on uh, in the in her life. Uh, well, I wish her the best. I wonder. Even though she is a Jew hater, but anyway, maybe oh, she'll God. maybe she'll get over that. Uh, <laughs> Who knows? I I did meet her. I I got uh, I got high with her back in 2016 at the Newgrounds office party. So anyway, wow. guys, this is uh this is the this is the end of the stream. Uh no, I think she used to live in Philly, not New York. But anyway, this is the end of the stream. Thank you guys so much for watching. I am gonna shut this down. Don't forget tomorrow. Oh, in fact, let me just do this one thing before I shut this down because I actually have to put the link to the roast of Turkey Tom inside of the edit button. So while I'm doing that, any final thoughts, gentlemen, on um, on the stream today? Um, no, I mean it was it was pretty good. I'm getting I'm just like distracted by Twitter right now. Um. The, the fucking apparently Claire Lehman is is a okay with uh, forcibly re relocating people, and she's like, it's only indigenous people they're doing for a uh, quarantine, and she's getting ratioed. So, um, yeah, that's that's your Quila, that's your based mommy rationalist uh, IDWGF right there, Claire Lehman, who likes who uh, likes a bit of the uh, she comes up from the bottom, if you know what I mean. <laughs> That's in reference to her spat with BAP on Twitter where she uh, proclaims her love of a certain, uh, you know, she's a real come from behind kind of gal, if you know what I mean. So, uh, what was the reference that Tony Soprano said? Uh, in relation yeah, to Vito. That? Yeah, yeah, Vito. <laughs> Though I'm not sure. He's a come from, he's a come from behind kind of guy. Yeah, exactly. Hello. Oh, man, I'm trying to find where this thing is. Uh, hold on one second. Tags, language. There should be a way to link. All right, whatever. Anyway, guys, listen. Go to the stream we're going to have with Turkey Tom tomorrow. I know you will. Take care, everybody. Mwah. God, God bless. God, goodbye. God bless and goodbye. And